All right, guys, welcome to the Comic Vine Podcast. I'm Sarah. Or wait, what day is it? You are Sarah. We just went over this, and, and Tony just asked me, uh, do you know what day it is? And I said, yes. <laughs> You're wrong. And I was wrong. Anyway. It's July 20th. It is July 20th. This is the week of July 20th. This is the Comic Vine Podcast. Three I'm Sarah. hours of prep ruined. I'm here with Tony Guerrero, the editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com, and uh, our frequent frequent guest, Corey Schroeder. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? What's up? I'm going to do this voice for the whole podcast. Okay, so um, if you're worried about being spoiled in in regards to The Dark Knight Rises. Too bad. That is not happening today. (laughs) Even though some of us in the room have already had the opportunity to watch it. Some of us are big shots. Uh, Hey, no, no. We all had the opportunity. No, we didn't. We all had the opportunity. No, we did not. We could all just as easily... Buy a ticket to a midnight showing, just like all the Not other people. Just as easily, I don't own Not a car. Really, thank all you. All the other people in the theater that were know, there man. too. I don't need to be taking hard. I had, I had no special right. privileges. Exactly. Does not sound like a safe idea. Forget safe. It doesn't sound like a convenient idea. I'd nope. be home at like five. That's where all the homeless people sleep. Yeah. Like no offense to homeless people, but you I don't can, know. For those homeless people listening. <laughs> for the homeless people listening. You know, a lot no of homeless offense, people have internet but. connections. I don't know. I just don't like to get on a bus at three o'clock in the morning because I'm a small girl and they're, it just seems vulnerable to me. You gotta learn kung fu. <laughs> I don't know. Would that help? Cassandra Kane is supposed to be very small. Yeah, you should do. Yeah. Kung fu, taekwondo. Track down Lady Shiva. She's also like, hey, a real person. Make me. <laughs> How about some Taibo? <laughs> she totally is. Totally. <laughs> saw her on Muni one time. I was like, I saw, oh, I saw her at Comic Con one time. Yes. Went up and I said, hello. Wait, what happened? Cassandra Why aren't you Kane? in comics anymore? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I asked her a question. She didn't answer me. She was in character, I guess. <gasps> she was anyway, her cool, cool character. So, um, do you want to talk about that thing that happened too? <laughs> you want to talk about it now, or should we let's, talk about? Let's just let's get it out of the way. It's, <laughs> it's all right. It goes against our so, usual so when I came out of the theater, I checked my Twitter, my tweet, or whatever, and people were, told me. So in Aurora, Colorado. There was a shooting at a midnight showing, so twelve thirty nine. Yeah, um, some some dude just busted through the door, bulletproof vest, gas. He threw in some like tear gas, started shooting, and yeah. And as far as I haven't seen if there's any update, we don't know why he just. I mean, people were just watching the movie, and he just he was studying to be a neurologist. Huh. So I mean, it's just it's. I mean, the main thing is it's it's tragic. It 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 sucks. You know, it's you know we talked a little bit about this before. It's like you can't ride on an airplane without having to worry about all you know all the heightened security and just you know what if this, what if that. Yeah. And now it's like you you can't even go to a movie without thinking about you know something happening. It's ridiculous. So How did he get in? He just like, he, he kicked the door. He just walked in. <laughs> they don't they don't search people. You know. No, I, like I, I heard he came in through the the, the emergency exit. Oh, okay. Like so whether you're right, the emergency it wasn't closed or he just kicked it. Outside. Just I mean, <laughs> so, so it's like you know why and you know is it just a random thing? Is it something that he probably. was planning for for a while? It's just I I would imagine that he was probably planning it for a long. But time. But it's just like. You know, did it have anything to do with the movie? Was, was there like, did he have a, have a problem with you know, twisted psychological you know I, political you know working really at the think, theater? 
is crappy about like this whole situation, aside from the fact that innocent people that were just trying to go to a movie and enjoy themselves. Um, I think what really sucks is that now it feels like that, that movie is synonymous with that moment. And, yeah. And that's too bad. It and really I, is. And I was saying this to, to Tony before the podcast started and like, I'm really upset. Like for whatever reason, when something tragic happens, you know, you feel sort of numb to it because I feel like we're, we're so overstimulated our, our society. Like we're constantly seeing like the stuff on the news, like there was a car bomb in, you know, the West bank today, blah, blah, blah. And you don't even think twice, but for whatever reason, this feels a little bit different, at least for me. It, in a way it was kind of, and not to, not to say like that we need to, to section ourselves off into tribes and that we're not mm-hmm. all, connected in a glorious like tapestry of humanity not to be crass about that i really do believe that but this feels a bit more like this was our people you know this was a midnight show it was the people who wanted to see it the most it's batman it's something that we talk about on a fairly frequent basis you know yeah this is like this isn't he's the guy that doesn't use guns yeah well that too and it's like but this wasn't like in another country that most of us (laughs) myself included probably couldn't find on a map like that's you know, it's detachable. This is at home, and it's it's our it feels, interests. It, it, feels, <laughs> it feels like Batman died, too. Yeah, no. It's, it's such a weird feeling, oof. and and it's just, I, I don't know. It just, it really got me down today, and I and then I heard this story about this. Like, I told Tony before, like, this couple went to the movies, you know, together, and then uh, the girl, like, they both dropped to the floor when it, started and then they went in opposite directions and the girl got hit in the face and um he heard her saying you know i got hit i've been hit and then she died and then just really like i don't know i'm I'm gonna cry Mm. but i mean it's just so like i don't know this girl you know but how often do you go to the movies like how often do you think that that's gonna happen right no it's it's and, you know, a basic like, human connection. Imagine, like, imagine, like, you you take your girlfriend or your boyfriend to the movies, and then something like that happens. It's just so shitty. So no, it's a it's a horrific thing, but it's like, you know, and a lot of people are wondering what what can I do? I'm one person. You can give blood. You can if you can't give blood, give money. If you can't give money, do what you were planning on doing anyway. Like. <laughs> Keep this obviously like be aware of it. Don't don't just ignore it. Like open a dialogue, but don't and don't make a joke of it because yeah, I saw some people making a joke of it, and I thought that, that was really really low. Because the internet is in a race to the bottom with, to see who can care the least. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, it's like don't like you know after a tragedy happens, it's it's kind of uh, a lot of people's reaction is to just shy away from it or to to try and. Mm. oh boy i'm trying to I'm, i can't quite get a hold on what i want to say here but like just you know for to in order to not let lunatics like this win because this whatever his motive was it was about attention and a message however deranged and psychotic that message will wind up being remains to be seen but the best way to let this guy know that he didn't win that all that his lunacy was i mean you know obviously a tragedy for the people who lost someone close to them, but was to just go on, like just live your day. Like you were going to with maybe some extra awareness, but not don't like, 
don't not go to the movie, quite frankly. Yeah, don't like don't be paranoid about it. Like, yeah, because that's the way that these people win. That is the only way. So live your life. Do your thing. (laughs) Anyway, we should we should really talk about something. Yeah. More uplifting. So um, (laughs) went off on a bit of a tangent there more than I meant to. So last week was was Comic Con, so we obviously didn't have a podcast. So there's a few comics that we should talk about. Um, yeah, one Batman number eleven. Ah, uh, you didn't read it? No. Oh dork. no. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me. I just called you a dork. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Do you have it over there? I don't have it over here. It's downstairs. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so um. I'm sorry for the grunting. Uh, so That's fine. I'm trying to think of what I said about. I mean, I I thought it was a fitting ending, and you know, I, I I'm still I won't go into spoilers because you haven't read it, and in case other people still haven't read it, but I thought it, it was a perfect ending, mm-hmm. and the the backup story again, you know, very touching, and and there is you know a bit of dialogue between Bruce and and Dick, and that was great. Like I, I feel like if if that if Batman was the series was going to end. That that could be a good final issue. Yeah, and I'd be okay. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to read Batman anymore. It's it's official, Scott. You 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 did it. This is one of the greatest arcs of Batman I have ever read. That I can agree with, and I haven't read the last issue. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's, it's heavy duty stuff. Great um, great cover. It was amazing. He was uh, he was really hyping up the uh, the fight scene between. That was my only thing. Is really you didn't like it? I don't know about the whole jet plane. <laughs> holding taking on. them all taking them on a tour yeah but i mean <laughs> i, I really liked it i thought it was a little, perhaps a little bit wordy um well that that's i mean that that's the unfortunate thing is is um lincoln you know as people know he's in there and i'll, I'll just leave it at that sure you know, he's he's got to say his his bit and it's just it's it's like almost poetic the way scott wrote it about you know when he's saying you know sure when i was in the hospital or you know and, and i saw a reflection off this building and you know it's the whole thing about you know, because he's in um, a couple issues ago, you know, he leaves that note at the morgue, like, you know, follow me down to hole. And, you know, there's a whole, you know, Alice in Wonderland and Twisted Reflections. And it's just, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And the writing was great. That's not my problem. My problem was sort of juxtaposing it across like all this supposedly frenetic and frantic and fast paced action yeah, with yeah. like these huge bubbles of text. He's, he's got to, he's got to get like, his, this his guy piece is out fast. Yeah, he's got to get it all out. And that, that's the only downside is that, you know, it's not like they're just gonna be sitting, Hey, let's, let's have a seat and talk. And then right. fight, so. I, he could have like grabbed him by the collar and held him up to him or I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a published writer. So far be it from me to, uh, to be too overly critical because as I said, the writing itself was amazing. It was just, the pacing was a little bit off. It'd be nice if they did like a, a collection of one through eleven, because you know this is mm-hmm. two separate trades. Yeah, so they probably will at some point. We'll see. It'll probably be like the, the ultimate Scott Snyder collection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll probably also that. include twelve, because apparently twelve is kind of the mop up. Um, so the arc is not fully over, but it basically. He, well, he, he's 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 mentioned twelve is. Um. So in, in the one interview, yeah, when we talked about last issue, he mentioned that the next issue is going to deal with with Harper Rowe. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, uh, still, a lot of people did not pick up on, but you know, she's he's he said she's the the girl that was in the first issue, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see her, and I think it was like issue six, and and it's it's just <laughs> like you know they look so completely different. So you know what what's what's the story? And and you know he said that it's going to kind of like jump back a little bit, fill in some of the gaps and everything. So it sounds really interesting. And um, I think it's Becky Cloonan is doing the art. 
So that's going to be really interesting, you know. And then after that, we got the Zero issue. So we'll have to see what that's about. And then the Joker. And Scott. I'm stoked about. Scott's been like tweeting some stuff about how vicious the Joker is going to be. How he's going to cook dinner. Well, he. <laughs> what is this? Well, Scott was tweeting. He He's like. Let's talk about like how evil the Joker would do, and you know, get into this. But first, I'm gonna go cook dinner for my kids. <laughs> but he's he's like, so funny. I often wonder that. Like having read Walking Dead issue 100, I'm like, Robert Kirkman oh. seems like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. How does he oh, come Scott up with is this? The nice. No, I know we had him on Skype he's the one so, time. He seems he's great. So soft spoken, yeah, and, <laughs> and gentle, and very polite. Yeah. He comes up with some crazy stuff. No, yeah. yeah so. I remember the time we had him on Skype a ways back. I was like, this guy is really cool. And I mm-hmm. had, you know, obviously a bunch of stuff hadn't happened yet. And I'm like, this guy is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, and, and it's great to see that, you know, he is so nice and he's so, you know, he's, he's successful. You know, he's doing well. You know, everyone likes him. You, know, you see him at the conventions, you know, everyone's going up to talk to him. And, and he takes time to talk to people too. So mm-hmm. that's great. I mean, it, he does, it, it's great. Yeah. It's like, you know, we sat at, at at WonderCon in Anaheim when, you know, he, he's just talking to random people. And we're, yeah, it was funny because we were, we were going to go have dinner with some people and then we ran into Scott. Yeah, he had a, he was then, having dinner with, with Dan. Yeah. And, and he's talking, he's like, who's, who's that guy? He's like, oh, he's just someone. And we he's thought like, that he like worked for DC yeah. and we were like, oh, well, we haven't met that person yet. And there's also that girl he talked to before. He's, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, just find me tomorrow. He's like, I'll, I'll sign, you know, whatever this. And he's just like talking and he's, he's like, what's your name? He's like, okay, you know, I'll remember you and. So. He's very Aww. sincere. Yeah. Um, okay. Well. Yeah, we don't. Scott it's, Snyder's it's, great. It's Batman's not the, great. The, the gush. Scott <laughs> Snyder gush fest. Can um, we, can Walking we talk Dead. About, no. Walking Dead was no. last week. Yeah. Oh, Walking Dead one hundred. Walking Dead number one hundred. Um, it's a round number. It's important. So Sorry. did you did you read it, Corey? <laughs> I did. Are you caught up? <laughs> Holy okay. moly! How that's many? this thing. Oh, I can never like three hundred thousand. Copy Best sold? selling of the century, they said, or something like that. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> twelve years. <laughs> wow. So, um, what a huge before people start reaching for the, you know, whatever. We're, no, so we're, we're not going to spoil <laughs> Walking Dead. So here is here is my thing. I read that. Okay, first of all, let me give let me give everyone some advice. Uh, if you're going to read Walking Dead number one hundred, if you haven't already, don't read it first because, huh? It, it, read it, issues one through ninety nine first. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if don't read it first on your pile. Because I did, and I felt like I couldn't read the rest of my pile. Like I was like, "Oh God, oh that's it's so grim." Yeah, it's, it's just brutal. Um, yeah, so all we'll say is something big happens, and yeah, it's it's something it's horrible. tragic, and it's it's been building up to this. It's like you knew something was coming, oh. and and so now it's it's like. Where do you go from here? It's you like know, in the, Rambo when you keep expecting it to cut away from the violence and it doesn't. And it's just, oh. So um, those who are left and won't even hint to who is and who's not yeah. or anything like that. So it's um, they're in a bad situation, worse than before. It's not just zombies, you know, especially if you've been reading, you know, you have an idea there's this other group. And <clears> it's, so it's like, you know, where do you go from this? How do you recover from what the, happens? The and, subtitle of this arc has been something to fear and – yeah, it is. It's it's this this uh, issue really brought that to light. It, it, there is indeed something to fear. Yeah. So what what I had to do is since it came out last week, I'm I'm trying to find a copy at on the show floor mm-hmm. at preview night. So I go to the image booth and they're like, oh yeah, we don't have any here. They're like, you have to go to the diamond booth. So I'm like, okay, because there there's a, a an exclusive one. They they're like, because there's they had a bunch of variant covers and because I know oh, yeah. like no. Mark Sylvester did you know just so many different covers and we sold out like in the first two days. <laughs> so um, I 
I go to the diamond booth and they're like, oh, we're a distributor. We don't, we don't sell them. They're like, but here's a list of all the people here oh, for selling them. So I'm like, okay. So I go to the first, the nearest one on the list and they had a uh, um, Marceline adventure time. Nice. So I got that at cover price. So I was like, that, that's cool. <laughs> so I got that for my daughter. Nice. And, um, and I was like, do you have Walking Dead? And he just like shakes his head. And mm. It's kind of like, are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was probably like eight o'clock. Maybe on Wednesday, so you know the sure. show floor had been open what, a couple hours. I forget what time they opened. Yeah, and so I go to the next one. Didn't have it. I go to the next one. They had it, ten bucks. Oh, so I was just like jerks. I was like, well, as because I really wanted to read it since sure. I was there, and you know I I didn't want to get spoiled. I didn't want to hear anything. Right. But then I noticed they also had the chromium cover. Mm. So like, you don't see many chromium covers these days. Not anymore. It's kind of a relic of the 90s. And it was, it was it's cool. I mean, because the, the exclusive cover, it's just black a black and white cover. Mm. So nothing, it's, it's not that that great. It's just, it's it's exclusive San Diego. Mm. So I was like, well, maybe I should get the, the chromium one because it, it, it looks cooler. And, you know, that was also 10 bucks. But then I was like, I was, so I went with the exclusive one. Okay. I was like, eh. <laughs> I mean, maybe I should try to sell it to get my ten bucks back. Or there you go, <laughs> eight bucks or seven bucks or whatever. <laughs> so, um, also, what about Uncanny X Force? Can we talk week? about how what's? Can we, can we can we talk? Can we just talk about this? Right, that's why I, I brought it up. <laughs> nope. No, I mean, can it. we like reveal everything? Um, no spoilers. It, it's up to you, Sarah Barb's. Two two Sarah, weeks. Sarah Barb's. Sarah Barb's. <laughs> this is usually review this, so maybe you can give your thoughts now since. Since you couldn't bother to write up a review. Right. right, I couldn't bother. Um I'm very upset about this. How come? Makes me very sad. Alright, so here Aww. comes the spoilers on Kenny X Force. Spoilers for a two week old book. Twenty seven. So, um Phantom X is dead. <gasps> Long live Phantom X. Um he had his heart ripped out. Guess it's a good thing I didn't cosplay as him. Literally <laughs> and figuratively. He had his heart ripped out mm-hmm. because, and and I think that that I think that that was a really interesting moment, and that, I think that's an interesting way for him to die, especially uh, considering the scene that came right before that, because he's trying to save Betsy, and she's associating him with the person that's like really messed with her head, so he's like completely heartbroken, and then he goes to save her, and then uh, he succeeds, but not without you know being a martyr so he sacrifices his own life to save her unless this is one of those giant misdirection things that he does <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, no 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 phantom X. that's his like power isn't it misdirection no. yeah but the mystique said no, she, I know. She, yeah she gave him poison to, to dull that so um it was just so crappy you know if he wasn't such a hoe he wouldn't have he nothing would have happened uh, why, why is he a hoe well because he knew that it was not Betsy, but he was like, whatever, I didn't say it was bad, so I'll just do it anyways. Well, maybe he wasn't, because Betsy better. walked out on him and he's like, well, I'm, this is as close as known. I can get. He should have known. No way. Phantom X, come on. No, because Betsy, she's like, she's like, eh. So no, he, but he should have known better, you know? Anybody, should have, but didn't. He was a heartbroken that, man. I don't care, dude. Oh. Anybody who walks through the door and pretends that it's, you know, somebody they're not and then like tries to, you He know, wasn't in his right mindset. He was hard. Yeah. All the motion stirring. Oh, and God. So he just went into the fantasies like, okay, I'm just going to pretend that this is still Betsy, <laughs> that this is going to work out. I don't know. I, 
I think you. I think you're. I think you're not angry at Phantom X. I think you're angry at the loss of Phantom X. I am angry at the loss of Phantom X. I'm Doctor Phil now. (laughs) You need to get over the loss. Oh my goodness! But I'm. I am upset. It is sad. Maybe he'll come back. I don't know. That that was very. Remender already kind of brought him back. Like, what was Phantom X up to before Uncanny X Force? Stealing. <laughs> yeah, was but not really, on panel. No, he wasn't really like doing. After anything. the Grant Morrison run, he kind of just vanished, which was yeah. sad because I really liked him. Yeah, he was really cool. Yeah, I was super stoked to see Remender put him on the uh, the roster. But then what happened? <laughs> well, this is you know, it means something. Maybe he's like, eh, just Phantomix. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, Wolverine and X Men also came out last week. Yeah, I really like that issue. It's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about, I liked Warbird before, and I really like her now. I mean, yeah. I, I think it she's adds a, an incredible kick, new layer to her. It does. Kicks butt. I'm although, also really warming up to Kid Gladiator. Although, I do have to say that I was a little bothered by um, her role in Astonishing X-Men, where she she tells Northstar, I respect you as a warrior, but I, I can't take part in your, your ritual. Hey. You know, she, she didn't approve that. He was marrying a dude. That's that's her character, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, that right there, just, you know, it's like, okay, you're, you know, that's that's how you feel. You don't, you know, you're not open-minded. Why is that even necessary? I guess well, to, like, so, someone, I, th- I think someone had to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know specifically why. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes because um, I caught the end of Marjorie's, um, there was a panel about North Star and all, all sort of stuff like that. And Marjorie was there. And I think she said it. You know that is something. Obviously, it, it needs to be addressed. They need to to deal with that. So I'm glad. I'm, then I'm glad it's not just going to be like a throwaway token. Like here's the token conservative. Yeah, it feels like you know <laughs> someone's got to say, "Oh, this is wrong. Right. You, know, you can't do that." And so we'll for see some reason, Wolverine always struck me as being socially conservative, but I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So I guess that's it. About last week. Um, I, I mean, there's I a lot more last week. Yeah. But. Do we want to talk about Minutemen? That was. I, I actually, I didn't read this. Oh, okay. um, it was it's, real good. It's really good. <laughs> it yeah. was way better than issue one. It was uh, so much better. <laughs> well, re- issue one simply reiterated what we saw in at the, uh, in like the back issues of of Alan Moore's Watchmen. Right. The first three, the first three issues, I think. Yeah. 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 The, the so Hollis Mason chapter, stuff. Yeah. The Hollis yeah. Mason stuff. It was all text. This one, uh, I, I also really love the interactions of comedian and I believe it's dollar bill, isn't it? Yeah. I, I love those two. <laughs> like it's not much, but those two just t- talking, they play off of each other. really. Yeah. Well. It's kind of both like trying to out machismo each other. <laughs> um, but I think he's doing such a good job. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? I really think, or I wonder if Darwin's got it easy too, because all these other characters are more established and he's dealing with characters that really, Alan Moore didn't really touch on. Yeah. So that's, that's actually a really great point. I did not consider that. (laughs) It feels a little bit less like a violation of Alan Moore. Right. I also felt like this one really established the setting much better. Like we were talking about like the comedian and a lot of other books and where, whether or not it felt like a modern book or a book that was actually set in its time period. And I felt like this one really felt like it was set in that time period. I completely agree. (laughs) Well, then, let's segue to this week's Before Watchmen, Silk Spectre, also written by... I love this issue except Darwin. for one thing. <laughs> okay, what's the one thing? My one thing is that the 
the plot in it, and I don't mean like the overall story. I mean the the scheme by uh, <clears throat> by the villain felt way too over the top, super villainy. <laughs> there was it was almost like it was too much. So basically, a last issue we saw Silk Spectre living at home, you know, high school, mm-hmm. dealing with her mom, her mom's making her train and you know learn how to defend herself and all that. So then she runs away with her boyfriend, and she they meet up with. A couple Some hippies, yeah, and you know, living in a van and all that. So yeah. this going to San Francisco, man, progresses after that, and you know, we see it, and we also, I mean, it starts off with her in costume, mm-hmm. actually, you know, doing the, the superhero thing. So we we see a little bit of that, and there's it's great because you know, talking about the time period, you see a lot about the culture and you know, living there and just the music and just mm-hmm. just the whole vibe of everything. That's all great, but then it kind of pauses because then we see the villain as 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 you put it so we we see that and it's just like you know we we see it all play out here's a plan here's all the people involved and all this stuff and it was like it's like three or four pages and it was just it felt weird how you know you needed it because it touched on it earlier and then we it's it's like it interrupted the story because we see all that play out then we see how that combines with the rest of the story it just feels like an early 90s saturday morning cartoon plot like like it's so it's so over the top for how for the rest of this universe. But the Beatles which, were there, yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, the the art is just simply amazing. Yeah, no, the art is spectacular. The writing itself, especially when it comes to writing dialogue and characters, is great. But just this weird, like, uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't want to give away what the actual plot is, yeah. but. It just struck me as being really silly for this universe. Like this could have functioned in in a more mainstream superhero book. Not to say that all plots in mainstream superhero books are silly, but just for how grounded everything else is, it seems radically out of character. Yeah, because I, I had intended on reviewing that on Wednesday, but honestly, and I, I'm still not really sure how I feel about it. Like where you know where specifically I would like, because I mean it's great the art, you know there's that and yeah. you know just like i said all the setup and, and the the atmosphere and everything was great but then that just you <laughs> know interrupted the, the story yeah and so. it's weird that this guy is doing the is also the writer who's behind the minutemen which is so dark mm-hmm. and like grim and so planted firmly in reality for for the most part obviously um but to, for him to just come up with this other completely off the wall like bonkers storyline <laughs> But again, the the writing of the characters is still super solid. The art is top notch. Cannot mm-hmm. say enough good things about that. So I, I still highly recommend the book, but just maybe take the plot with a grain of salt. <laughs> All right, Captain Marvel number one, Return to Carol Danvers. How, how did you liked it, but you didn't love it? Yeah, I give it a four. It was it was good. I really like Carol Danvers. I was not happy when you know after fifty issues, your series gets canceled. True, and I don't understand why. I mean. I think that's a huge thing because, you know, we've talked about it before, the female characters, for whatever reason, their, their books just don't do well or, you know. Unless they're preceded by a bat. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's, yeah, it's great to see her back. Um, I don't know if something happened last week, but has there been any explanation where she got her costume? Nope. I saw that in your review where you talked about how you didn't read Avenging Spider-Man and it's not explained there either. Because <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure because she wasn't – her story was in Secret Avengers. So, like, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, Marvel was back – you know, he was resurrected again. Maybe that book fell behind or something. I, I mean, the, yeah, it was there. a little weird because they were dealing with like the the, the suicide mission of right. the, the Avengers. You know, trying to take on the Phoenix Force. So that was a little little off with Avengers versus X Men. But I'm I'm just waiting. It's like you know where 
where did she get this costume from? And, and it's also weird because the costume has the ability to form a, a mask, mm-hmm. but in the opening scenes when she and Captain America are fighting Absorbing Man, she's not wearing it. So maybe it's, it's like, maybe it's an in space thing. Uh, maybe it's, it's, it's weird because, you know, sometimes she's, she's worn a mask, just a little, real, little like domino mask and right. other times she doesn't. So, and then her, whatever the explanation, I love the costume itself, her, her sash, <laughs> her scarf thingy. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is made from fabric or fabric. Like, design. fabric yeah, so it's yes. like, why do you need that? You know, and to suffocate absorbing man. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I, I don't know how I felt about the art inside. I mean, because i mean you look at the cover the regular cover mm-hmm. and then the art inside it's just so so different i mean it's almost like clayton crane i mean it is it's a, it's a lot like um stefano caselli meets clayton crane and i, and I thought say. the colors were a little weird like this panel with captain america i mean the coloring it almost looks like he's he's like sick he's like he's, he's kind, <laughs> kind of green he's like is he a scroll <laughs> so it's it's just weird and i was also confused as you know looking at that cover i thought she got a haircut a lot of people did, <laughs> but apparently not because it's it's long and she's kind of wearing it back. So I was like, I don't know if she's wearing one. To, they're called banana clips, right, sir? <laughs> the big long clips thing. Where How is just, she pinning her hair yes. back? Do you know? So it's like, are you familiar with? That? I I don't like no. I don't think anybody's worn those since like the eighties. But mm-hmm. then you know inside because it's almost <laughs> like she's got to pull pull back. And at one point, no. it's like does she have a mullet going on. Yeah, <laughs> like, I thought her hair. I almost wanted her hair to be short. Instead yeah, I actually thought it was. I, thought, I was fine I with that. that was kind of cool. But. I like her I have a pixie cut. <laughs> like her long blonde hair flowing in the wind. <laughs> uh, in any event, I still love the issue. Um, I don't like, okay, Spider-Man comes in. So Captain America and Carol are talking and Spider-Man's like, Captain America, you have a call from the president on the land. He wouldn't say Captain America. He'd say Steve. I think he was kind of like trying to, to sound very like like a secretary or like an announcement over a over a PA speaker. Like Captain America, you have a call in li- on you have a call from the president on the line. Tell Michelle I said sup. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good issue. I I I do like it. Um, I would say there's not all like a whole lot of immediate action. I mean, it starts off with with sure. the fight, but. Also, absorbing man wants moon powers. Come on, now that's great. But what's good is is it, it delves more into Carol's past, which I, I like. I really enjoyed. There was um, I think it was an Uncanny X Men where you, we see like a past story. It was like Carol, um, Logan, and Ben Grimm. So this was like all way before they wore costumes and all that. Sure. So, you, so I thought that was. Really, I, I like her past because I mean I think she's a great character, and mm-hmm. so I, I think it, I do too. I, I like that. She's got her own book. I, I hope it's successful. And I do too. I've actually kind of, <laughs> I've, I've been rather public about uh, my love of the costume redesign. And I always said, if this book is, turns out to be like well-written and something that I believe is worth buying, I will make it my mission to see that it succeeds at least within my own store. That is now happening because this book is uh, great. I really enjoy it. I think that, you know, buy this book. If you, if you support things like this, then put your money where your mouth is. Don't, Download it and think that that counts. Like, buy the book. Go into any store. Support it. <laughs> and I, I do have to say, Miss Marvel, the name, I mean, yeah, it's it's time yeah. to update it. I don't, yeah, people are like, why? That that name seemed perfectly current. Did it? Did it really? Yeah. Ms. Publishing Company? <laughs> now she's Captain Publishing Company. Which, yeah, it's still the same publishing company, but it, I don't know. Like, for some reason, Ms. Marvel was just... I love it. Really? Captain Marvel. No, see, yeah, there you go. That's, Finally, I think that's good. Ms. I Luma. think I think it's better. <laughs> Daredevil. 
All right. Dear Devil. I didn't finish this. issue of Daredevil, I think... Looks pretty colorful to me. I've read in a very long time. Looks pretty colorful. Very funny. I didn't get to finish this because someone was... Hogging it. Yeah. Um, It's really dark. Yeah. It's rough. And it leaves you... There's a Q-tip scene. Yeah. Ew, is she like cleaning out the earwax of his ear? Well, he's he's comatose. Yeah, he can't move. He's completely paralyzed. That's where I left off. He is um, completely sensory deprived. Right, but it's interesting because Mark Wade sort of changes his character a little bit. So I wonder if his powers will, like, his abilities will increase. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I haven't read this yet, but I think I did see a tweet something about Mark Wade changing his powers. And I don't know if that has anything to do with what you're saying or in another way. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the context. I mean, it, you have to read that. And it, it introduces a very interesting uh, idea. Yeah. And right. it, it explains a lot of stuff. So that's a, it's a great issue. I would have given it a five. Mm-hmm. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you, really? It's fantastic. It's a really good issue. What? Because you, you always give it like a five. Not always. But. Well... I think it's one of a, your favorite series. No, it's I'm, one of I'm my not, favorite I'm, books. Yeah, I'm not, not um, joking. Or. But there's always something in every issue that I'm like, oh, okay. But like, like the Daredevil and Black Hat scene. Yeah, it's a little too much. <laughs> but this, uh, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, like you, you, you think like Daredevil versus Doctor Doom. Like, there's a yes, another great like pairing that nobody would have nobody does thought of. Nobody, like, yeah, nobody's done it before, and it's like. Hey, Mark Wade has been great about that. Like he, he's three for three with like nobody has ever put Daredevil up against these guys. And I mean, with Claw, it was like really, how did nobody think of this? My, obviously, myself included. Before this moment, like the the guy who's got hyper senses versus the man, the sound man. Like <laughs> then we have Wolverine three hundred nine. So we did have three hundred and ten a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Now nine what comes is out. Happening with Wolverine. So I mean, that's it, actually that's happened before with them. Um, is it really? Um, when Old Man Logan was out, there I oh. think it was like issue seventy-two or something like that came out before. I mean, it was just like really weird. And then, yeah. So for whatever reason, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't care. So, um, it's Ivan Brandon wrote this, and Raphael Albuquerque did the art, mm. which I, I love. It was really good art. And so what, what's cool about this is they bring Meltdown back. So in the 80s, there was a four-issue prestige limited series, which we don't see those anymore. And it was, it was Havoc and, and Wolverine and Havoc Meltdown. And so they, they brought that character back. And so I hmm. thought that was, that was pretty cool. I only skimmed the book, so I don't know what Meltdown's uh, shtick is. He, he's like a nuclear reactor. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was yeah. like a mental meltdown. It, it, it was, was like causing people to. It was cool because that was like around like early when I first started reading comics. And, and you know, Wolverine, he goes in a nuclear reactor and he's his skin just like melts off <laughs> and it's like that's, and that's when i first i was like wow he can heal from that it's like that's that's impressive oh, that's actually kind of cool that there's been some precedent that it wasn't just civil war nitro vaporizes yeah. him and he heals from it yeah um nightwing number 11 this one i i, I really liked issue 10 this one just felt i don't know i mean i i really like the last issue i wasn't crazy about the, the villain paragon mm-hmm. and I'm I'm noticing a recurring issue with a few new 52 titles, and that is that one issue will be really great, and then one issue will just kind of spin its wheels. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up again when we talk about Red Hood and the Outlaws because that is the one where it is the most apparent hmm. to me, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, there's uh, this is dealing with you know there were some murders early in the series, and you know Nightwing's been framed for it, so these people are not happy with, <laughs> with Nightwing. Nightwing's not thrilled about it either. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I mean, it was it was good, but I didn't like it as much as last issue. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. This is so good. I didn't read this either because uh, someone had it. It's real good. It's really good. Uh, that's all. I, I have a hard time. I still now increasingly have a hard time uh, uh, not justifying, but um, with cognitive dissonance with this being the same Wonder Woman who's in the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. The only The only problem I really had was that the pacing was a little bit too fast. Um, so, I mean, there are two characters in this issue that kick her butt and then by the end of the issue, she's up on her feet again. So it just, I think it just seemed to be a little bit too rushed, but it does leave you wondering like what the heck is going to happen next. So I wish DC would, would tell us not to worry about continuity because again, is there any? Has there ever been any mention of Steve Trevor in this series? It's like nope. I, no, I don't, none, I, I've never. Zero. I don't. Not a one. And you know that's like such a huge part in Justice League. And but then the same thing with like you know Hal Jordan, right. which is written by Jeff Johns you know, in Justice League and in um, Green Lantern and like Barry Allen. So it's it's like they they have such different feelings. And and yet it's all they're always trying to justify it. And it's like just give up. Just just admit the yeah. truth that these titles aren't necessarily directly connected. So, because it, it just it feels like it's like, and again, it's it's minor details, and you know maybe we should just focus on the issues of stories themselves, and you know enjoy them for what they are, rather than get hung up on the minor details. But it's like, when does this Wonder Woman take story take place with the the current, not that we're in the, in the present in Justice League? Um, speaking of Justice League, so they're the villain Graves. He's basically demolishing the justice league you know, he knows all their secrets he's using it against them it's kind of tower of babel too <laughs> kind of yeah and you know jim lee's art i i, I love his art sure. can't get enough uh what's great is you know wonder woman don't tell her what to do no and, apparently not and she she gets hardcore and just starts beating the crap out of, out so of we learned something kind of interesting about cyborg <laughs> yeah so yeah that, that's she's that's Sarah. So I, I I I really like the issue. Um, yeah, Sarah, and, did you read Captain Marvel? And if so, I thoughts? didn't yet. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> and um, with the backup, so Shazam. I, I keep wanting to call that Captain Marvel. Just I I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be used to calling him Shazam, Shazam, even though that's what everyone calls him. Uh, last issue, spoiler. You should read it by now. Um, we saw. It, First appearance of Black Adam in New Fifty Two. So, so things are moving forward. I, I've been enjoying it. I, I wish it was its own series, but I'm assuming I, I I'm assuming it's, it's because of Gary Frank. You know, he, he was mm. doing Earth One. He's doing this. You know, it's just it's easier for him to do a backup and you know doing small doses. But it feels like I don't even know how many issues it's been now. It's like I just I want to get to the story. It's like you know, there's been yeah. no sign of Shazam yet. Maybe in this issue, we'll see. You have to read it. So, but like things are fun. It's like something's about to happen. So it's, I, I'm, I'm digging it. I mean, I, I really, mm-hmm. really enjoy it. So it was a really good issue all around. Secret Service, number three. I'm still, I don't know how I feel about this. I've not uh, been picking that up. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I wasn't too impressed with the first issue. Second one was okay. This one was okay. I, I guess I, I just have to see where it's going to go. So see about that. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 11. <laughs> so have I mentioned the inconsistency of some New 52 books? All right, what's inconsistent here? I just, every other book, every other issue, especially for this title, uh, is is great. And then the off issues are just seem really meandery. Like, I don't know, this, this issue just, 
it can't seem to figure out where it wants to go. Also, halting a really exciting arc kind of in its tracks to explain an origin story has never been my favorite uh, device to get an origin out there. It was a little weird the way it was just like, okay, here's the origin. It's like we're fast-forwarding, but we're also going way back. <laughs> my, my problem is, um, so Jason was on a date with the stewardess right and she gets pulled into this space adventure sure. and she's like oh i'm in space you know she she kind of freaked out a little bit but she she well, this is a world where an alien invasion happened yeah, not can. five so years that, ago that's the thing but but even though i mean i I've, I've talked about that before it's like superman is alien you know galactus has come you know people know about this but it still feels like they don't really accept the existence of aliens, even though you have all these gods and you know superpowered people, so it just seems like they gloss over it or they just you know ignore it. So it just it just seems weird. And, but even though that's why I know, think it doesn't seem weird because she is like okay, but like, she's she's never been out in space. It's sure. like if you're out in a spaceship, you'd be like this is crazy. Or, and and even like Jason Todd, it's like I don't think he's ever been out in space, and he's just like yeah. hey, okay, all right. We'll, we'll do this. Here's a bunch of aliens. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how I, I feel about her character. I don't know why she's here. And then I, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, like to, she changes her out, outfit and, and <laughs> it's not quite as dignified as Starfire. Yes. I mean, and here's, you know, <laughs> Bravo to, you know, Labdell or Rocafort or whoever, you know, Starfire is actually fully dressed. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I, it's a cool outfit, you know, her space commander outfit, whatever you not want to call they're it. They're selling a statue of that outfit. Yeah, and, and dot dot dot. But then we have the stewardess who's basically hanging all out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this, no, yeah, this, is, this is just my size. It's like it's, one step forward, two steps back. <laughs> and, yeah. I didn't like this. Silk Spectre? Me, yeah. Okay. What Sarah weren't you a fan of? Like it. Huh? What weren't you a fan of? I don't know. Maybe it's all the drugs. <laughs> drugs are bad. Drugs, man. It's San Francisco in the sixties. That was I don't kind care. of what was going on. <laughs> How do you feel about Essence, Corey? I, I feel weird reading that on a DC comic. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Go on. I... Weird. Oh, you want to know it's weird? Yeah. And we're segueing in the segue. Yeah. Um, with, with the Dark Knight, when you see the the new DC logo. Oh, like, oh really? The peeling logo. Yeah, I mean, it's like it was kind of like big and metallic, but it's just like huge. It's like whoa, that's kind of weird because I think that's the first time it's been on the big screen. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's hmm. been on the DC Entertainment TV cartoon, mm-hmm. but. Sony's so going back to Red Hood. What do you think about Essence? Oh, uh, I've been skimming it. I, I couldn't. I don't know how uh, I feel about her. I kind of, yeah, I kind of couldn't care less. Unfortunately, I feel like- do you like that book, Corey? Red Hood. I, w- I was just saying, it's like I I love it every other issue. <laughs> oh. I think like one issue, it's really on. The next issue, it's really off. One issue, it's really on. The next issue, it's really off. So I feel like Essence I guess I like it. <laughs> is going to join a team, which Possibly. I don't know how I feel about that. Probably. Um, <laughs> my thing is with Kenneth Rocafort not doing the art here. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know it's how it's jarring. Gonna yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be weird because Kenneth Roquefort is moving to Superman. I, okay. I, I wonder if blonde, if, if he's going over with, um, if he's going to be on Superman too, mm-hmm. or if he's still going to be coloring here. Cause I mean, that would be interesting. And you know, it's, it's not just about the way Starfire is drawn, but like, I really like the way Jason looks here. Sure. I really like the way red hood looks. I mean, I think they all look, you know, it, it's great. Superman. I, it's going to be weird. And I, I, I told Lobdell that I, I, I said it's like he's, Superman's gonna be too pretty. It's like we don't need that. So I don't, I don't know. It's gonna There's be interesting. some precedent for it. I mean, I, I forget who's who's doing the art. It might be two different artists doing the zero issue and then issue thirteen. But I guess it's it's gonna see like you know because I, I feel a lot the art tells a lot of the story too along with with Lobdell. So it's gonna be interesting to see where things go 
when there's new art hmm. artists on there. Sarah, what do you think of uh, of Red Hood? I haven't been reading it honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tisk. X Factor two forty. I love this book. I continue to love this book. I like Layla Miller. I do too. She's cool. I don't. I, I, I like this issue a lot too. I still don't know if I like her having grown aged a bit. I do. <laughs> I I think like the. I think they did it as well as as you can do it. They did it in the least creepy way possible. Yeah. Thank you very much. Whatever that orange girl's name was from Green Lantern Corps. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is all about her abilities and you know seeing the future. I mean, it's 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 a, a great self-contained story. It's a, it's really interesting to like sort of see the her from the world from her perspective. Yeah. So um, and also yeah, just really well written. There's a kind of hilarious reference in it a few pages in. Um, what about Journey into Mystery? Anyone read that? I have not been keeping I up. I wish on I that. read that. Because look, what's on there? It's like <gasps> v for Vendetta <laughs> cameo in there. Yeah, so I didn't read that about it. I, I really saw, wanted I saw to. That. The last, last issue I read was really good. Okay, then you can read that later. Um, so let's see, Avengers... Oh, we didn't even talk about Avengers versus X-Men. Eight. <laughs> so Namor, is, he's ticked off and he attacks... Uh, I need to read that too. Wakanda, like, like big time. You wrote the review for this, yes, yes Tony? I did first. a review for this. Okay. Oh, okay. We should talk about Fantastic Four before we talk about... A, a well, there's not much else to talk about. He attacks Wakanda... The, well, the, yeah, there's well, a that, fight it's, it's no well, that good directly relates to what happened in fantastic four which is well which okay which happens first <sighs> avengers x-men or fantastic four happens first okay because that, that's i would think it would have i would hope it would just because after what happens with wakanda yeah so so the, the fantastic four are in wakanda and um reed and t'challa are together and t'challa asks reed for help and they go into the um I guess like the the graveyard where all of the former Black Panthers are laid to rest. So there's like this Egyptian sort of looking tomb. And um, they talk to the Panther God. And um, T'Challa is given new powers in preparation for... Is it a god or a goddess? A goddess. It looks like a goddess. <laughs> the destruction of Wakanda. Asp. And... Um, so this completely changes this region that was always very prosperous and wealthy and self-sustaining. So that's interesting. So I guess Namor completely attacked. Yeah. 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 And yeah, yeah basically like this stuff right here. Freaking floods. Yeah, it. that pretty much <laughs> happens there. Yeah, I wasn't going to spoil that, Corey. Well, what? It, it, it's Namor attacking something. What else is he going to do? Hit it with a what meteor? Carry a bucket of water? <laughs> yeah. Possible. Possible. <laughs> Um, the interesting thing I want to note is, so on the cover, we got Storm in her, her jungle bikini, but she's not wearing that inside. No. It's like, hey guys, I'm going to, let me put on my bikini before we go out in the jungle. I don't know. <laughs> I actually, like, the part I liked the least was the part with the three, the three girls. You don't like me. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so then Avengers vs. X-Men, so... Fighting with Namor, secret weapons revealed. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. So I didn't really like this one so much. I thought it was fine. Uh, I just felt my. I, it feels like, I mean, we're waiting for something to happen again. You know, so it's like it was issue, what, five or six? Five. You know, when this all happened. So it's like, okay, finally something's happening. But now again, it's like, okay, Namor attacks, they fight him. 
there's one development with what happens with him. Yeah. But it's just like, because you know something has, to, there's going to be another turn. I mean, we, we, we see something's happening with, with the, the X-Men that have the power, you know, and it's like the Avengers don't trust them. You know, can they be trusted? What's going to happen is, can they control the power? So I, I don't know. It just feels like waiting for something. Happen. And I don't know if it's because the book comes out twice a month. So it almost feels oh, like yes. like we're we're getting <laughs> we're getting you know just extra stuff that's like it can be condensed down. So I don't know. All right, then we have Uncanny X Men. So more Sin- Mister Sinister stuff. Um, Saga. Saga is one of the best books on the shelf. I don't know if yeah. I say this every month, but I probably do because yeah. it's true. So that's great. It's also I love the how the first page is always something so bizarre and like jarring, and it just totally perfectly gets you ready for the tone of this book. Mm-hmm. And okay. So Invincible Iron Man, Supergirl, Invincible Iron Man. Also. Um, Supergirl that, really needs to find where it wants to go and get there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really liked it in the beginning, but then it's just like, it's what has like, yeah. <sighs> I think it's, it's like, you know, we're, we're seeing all these new villains and that's it. like, it's like, you know, you got to make me care about this. There's new, that new to character. some extent, but like, yeah, it just, again, it seems so detached from the rest of the DC universe. And but in this case, it's not a good thing. In the case of Wonder Woman, I actually think it is a good thing. But in this case, it's like, what? Where is she going? She's been like wandering around a city with this Irish folk singer. It's like, what is happening in Supergirl? <laughs> yeah. Um, did you read Batwoman? Yes. Anything you want to say about that? Like it. Okay. Think it's it. great. Uh, you know, the the art obviously is on and off, with, depending on who's drawing it, but um. So we have, I think this, this was one of the Trevor McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's a fine artist, but it's like with with J.H. Williams, it's just so integrated into the writing and the their their the panel flow is so good that it's pretty much invisible. And so, yeah, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's it's perfect for the tone of that book, and it's you know because the same guy's writing and drawing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still good. It's still advancing the plot really well, and the art is still, like I said, f- perfectly fine and very good. But Anyway. Um, yeah, then there's other stuff. Um, well, <laughs> also I mean, I, other books. Yeah, I don't know if we want to get into all that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I did want to read Danger Girl and J.I. Joe. Did IDW. I, I did not. That came out this week. <laughs> I mean, I I would be fine with reading them, but I did not read either one of those. Yeah, I don't have that here. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to see how that's going to play out. Um, let's see. What else was there? Um, there's a Darth Vader so good apparently excellent and the ghost prison number three gosh i love that book so much um it's a five issue miniseries if you love star wars you should totally read that because it it flips um it flips the idea of darth darth being like the bad guy on its head Hmm. he's Hmm. completely the victim the empire is completely victimized weird (laughs) and it's just so interesting to see and read that perspective and yeah. I know that Tony, you I wasn't, you always I w- had a problem with the colors. Yeah. For whatever reason, I really like it. Mm. It made me want to read, or it made me want to watch uh, Empire Strikes Back. So I did. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I wasn't won over by the first issue, so I haven't read issue two yet. So um, maybe I have to give it a try. Since you say it's the greatest thing ever, best Star Wars comic so <laughs> in the world, in the universe, really in the galaxy. It's really good. In a galaxy far, far away. There's also an interesting parallel between. Um, uh, Darth and two other characters. Um, they're all disfigured in some way. Mm. So, like, and, and you just start to realize that, and it's just cool. It's really neat. Anyway. 
Um, okay, let's talk about some comic news. Um, the big news out of San Diego. Um, I don't know if maybe this is the biggest news. Maybe. Um, we're going to see the return of Sandman. <laughs> Neil Gaiman with art by J.H. Williams III. A week before Comic-Con, I joked about that very thing happening. Not not with J.H. Williams III necessarily, but just with Neil Gaiman doing it before, Walk- mm-hmm. or before Sandman. Mm-hmm. So he said that he has one last story that he wants to tell. So in the first issue, those that have read it, if you remember way back, uh, Sandman was captured. And so basically we're going to see like, how did he get there? You know, hmm. what, what happened there? So, um, yeah, it's too bad it's not like going to be a a new ongoing series. So just telling that story and we'll see if he's only got the one idea left, then I would say it's not a bad thing <laughs> that we're not going to see a new ongoing series. I'm sure he's got other stories. Sure. Tell. But yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely don't, don't force it, you know, and, and that's, that's a great thing is, you know, it was a super successful book. I mean, everyone loved it. And then, you know, Neil's like, okay, I'm done. And DC is like, okay, we're, we'll, yeah. we'll end the series, you know, cause Neil Gaiman doesn't own it, but, you know, DC, instead of saying, okay, we're going to get someone else right. or ro- rotating, whatever this or that, you know, creators. And they just said, yep, yeah, let's, let's cancel this super hugely successful book that has won awards and everything. So, so I, I like that they're bringing it back because there's a story and not just like, Hey, let's try to bring this back and, and do something with it. Yeah, it's weirdly like not that mercantile. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, for the people who put out before Watchmen and about, a bazillion Doom Patrol books that can't even come close to measuring up to Grant Morrison's. Like, it is weirdly respectful of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I'm not saying Grant Morrison created Doom Patrol, obviously, but he did write what I believe is the best series. <laughs> hmm. um, also, last week, so it was announced that the Justice League are going to be in the next Arkham City game. That's official? think it is because i thought the setting was just confirmed i I wasn't aware i thought my understanding is so justly you're supposed to be in there it's supposed to be a prequel obviously it's it's supposed to be batman's like first encounter with the with the joker so we don't know if mark hamill is because he said he's done but he also said that at the end of arkham asylum (laughs) yeah and it's also it's supposed to be like have a silver age feel to it (laughs) you really just can't get away (laughs) so i mean prequel justice league silver age it's like why why not just make it a different Batman game instead of attaching it to you know because I thought they were gonna do like like Arkham County or something. <laughs> well, you got the asylum, you got the city. So, I'm, you know. I'm gonna run for comptroller of Arkham County. Yeah, so it just it just seems like a weird direction. It's like okay, it it is a weird direction, but I mean it's it's kind of the direction they needed to go in because how like do you just try to go for even darker? Oh, that, that, and that's the thing. If it's going to be Silver Age, I mean, it's going to be completely not dark. I'm really hoping there's going to be a Biff Bang Pow that comes up whenever you finish a combo. I don't know. Um, I mean, I have full faith. They, they've made two of, of the greatest Batman video, probably the two greatest Batman video games of all time. You so. don't like the one for PlayStation 1? <laughs> I don't remember the one uh, for PlayStation that 1. That one annoyed me trying to drive uh, the Batmobile. Oof. Like, you cannot drive it. I couldn't drive it. The one for Sega Genesis was all right. Um but um, so you know, I have faith. I agree. It's a it's a really radical tonal shift. But um, yeah, I, I you know sometimes you gotta have faith in the in the developer. Dun, 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 dun. Also, I, I think it, yeah. Also, it, there there's a possibility oh my God. that 
What? Yeah. I, well, I Wolverine keep, and the X-Men. When There's like huge lights in my eyes. When Warbird offer, makes an offer to Iceman, shall we say? Oh. <laughs> it's not really an offer. It's just like a, no, by the way. She's, yeah. like, and she's like, this is what's, how it's going yeah, down. This is how it happens. <laughs> Pull yourself in together. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love his reaction to it. All right. Uh, Anyway, I think, especially if this is going to come out on the current generation of consoles, because we are staring down the barrel of the next consoles, so a lot of uh, developers and publishers are releasing, like, placeholder games. And I think this has placeholder game written all over it. So I think that's why. make it hard to buy. I don't think they want to do, like, Arkham Planet or whatever the next one is going to be until the next generation is out. Okay, at San Diego, they're at the Superman panel. So, um, so Scott Liddell's taking over Superman, which hopefully that's going to help the book out. How many books is he going to be working on? Then? We will see Lois Lane emerge well, um, from the pool. He's still doing three because he, he's he's doing Red Hood, mm-hmm. he's doing Teen Titans, and then he's going to be doing this because apparently Tom DeFalco, I I think because I know Tom, I think Tom DeFalco is doing a zero issue. Um, so Matt, Matt did a write up on this, mm-hmm. Matt Alfring and Fair Eagle. And I think they said that, that Tom DeFalco is taking over. I think that's what it said. Hmm. And, um, so the zero issue is going to be on Krypton, but Scott said he wants to bring back old characters reimagined, which is How old. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, existing characters basically. Okay. Cause I mean, if you think, look at the, the, all the issues in the current Superman, it's like, and it's the same thing with like Supergirl. We have all these new characters, which is great. You know, you're not, you know, not, it's not like, let's bring back Lex Luthor, you know, like the, the big powerhouse, you know, villains that's going to be to draw. They're trying to bring in new characters, but the problem is it's hard to care about these new, you know, like the first few issues, like all these nameless aliens, you know, would it happen when well, that know, was just single insane. issues. Here's some aliens, Aaron beats and Okay. What happened? Here's another alien. Okay. There's some connection between all these aliens attacking, but it's like, who cares? Cause there was, there wasn't anything, you know, that's, there, there wasn't anything at stake. Yeah. So I, I'm all for, I mean, and, and that's, I think what, at least for me, you know, I'm, I'm accepting the new 52 and, you know, the changes and stuff like that. But, I, I kind of want some of the throwback stuff. I, I want to, you know, know that these characters do exist and well, see we've got, them. We've got Luthor in action oh, comics. No. Oh my yeah. god, I'm about to cry. <laughs> this. Yeah, Sarah's reading Wolverine. I can, I can the barely X-Men. see it because. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it's sad. Yeah, that's it's what I'm telling super you. Super sad. She's cool. It's great. This is just so heavy. Yeah. And you're listening to the. Sarah crying podcast. <laughs> Seriously, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I think I cried three times today already, and it's uh-huh. only one o'clock. <laughs> um, Twice on this podcast. No, it's rough. Just, oh, you, you haven't even gotten to the best part at the end. <laughs> Justice League number zero. It's so Shazam's on a cover, so I don't know if there's gonna be more of a focus because you know that's something that we talked about before. Is like, what? How can you do Justice League zero? It's like, you know, that's yeah. number one is they're not even Justice together. Justice League babies. So, um. Um, apparently Shazam is going to join a team next year is what was said at the panel. So that's, that's going to be interesting because they're so unaccepting of anyone. And I mean, that that's the good and the bad thing. And this is something I said in the review. It's like, okay, it's, it's great that the justice league isn't getting along perfectly. Yeah. They're not this happy bunch of team. You know, they, they still don't trust each other. They, they trust each other as much as they can. You know, they won't, bring in anyone else because they don't trust well, and there was else. another great moment of like them all facing their fears and 
everyone's like talking about what they had to face and batman's like doesn't matter let's move on he doesn't want to talk about it so but my my question is and something that would make things easier for me if i knew it's like okay they they still don't trust each other they still don't know everything about each other so it's like it's been five years but we have to assume they haven't been together every day for those five years i mean i think the assumption is they only get together when there's some huge catastrophic dark event villain something like that mm-hmm. where it, it needs all of them and the rest of the time they're on their own so it's like they they carry a beep or something like oh we got to go and and deal with this so it's like my question is like how many missions have they had in those five years have they had like five missions you know 20 missions 100 missions because you know we don't know i mean the more missions they have the better they should get along so it's, it's just theory. it's just weird to get a gauge of like you know is is this is there more to it than what we're seeing? And I can't tell if it's just something lacking in a writing or if it's something, you know, lack of information that we don't know. And we don't need to know it, but I guess, I don't know, I want to know it. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of stories still to be told, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Even even beyond, like, what's already, or before what's already happened. I am having so much trouble with words today. <laughs> um, the, the only panel that I got to go to at um, San Diego was the image panel. And it was it was pretty nuts. So they they announced a bunch of you know Image has been bringing up all these new books, all these you know top creators are moving to Image, doing their own creator own stuff. It's been great. So Joe Casey talked about his book Sex with um Peter Kowalski. All right, was that the name of Madonna's book in the nineties? I, I believe it was. So yeah, and um Joe Casey he he comes out wearing sunglasses, wore sunglasses in the entire panel. Even though the lights were dimmed in the front, so they could have the projector on, because so. he's like puff he's, daddy. Because he's, so. he's cool. Is he or was he just fighting off a really bad hangover? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the reason I went to the panel is because Gary Witta and Derek Robertson's book was announced. Hey, Oliver, one of those guys. So it's it's a, how do you describe it? It's a post-apocalyptic steampunk take on Oliver Twist. <laughs> So and this is something oh, Gary Witta, you were the best. <laughs> something that you know they've been wanting to do this since like 2004, but it's always been a matter of trying to line up their schedules and everything. So they're finally going to do it. It's going to be 12 issue miniseries. They could do more. So I mean that that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, they, they even have a like a little teaser trailer. It's short, and you go to whoisoliver.com and you can check that out. I love Gary. I do too. Um, he did a. Uh, did you ever read Automata? The, the story that he did for Penny Arcade? No. He did, they did an original story that's basically about like a 1920s prohibition, except what's being prohibited are machines with intelligence. Oh. And so they did like this really amazing story. It's a very noir about a detective and his robot partner. Long story short, Gary Witta wrote the follow-up with, I can't remember who the artist was, and that it makes me feel really bad, but it was an amazing story. Just Google Gary Witta Automata. And he, also, he also wrote a Death Jr. comic. Yes, he did. Mm. <laughs> Available on the PSP. Death, Death Jr. 2. Um, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios are getting are teaming up again. So they are both on Osborne. So they are doing a book called Pretty Deadly. So it's like this. I, I think it's if I remember the image. I'm trying to think. I think I mean Matt did a write up on this also. I think it, there's kind of like a Western feel, but I think like on the cover she's like it's like stitching up her arm, just like you know. So like so she's gonna be like a tough chick. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick is writing Captain Marvel. So. Yeah, <laughs> and she's she's hilarious. <laughs> I bet <laughs> she. Isn't she married to Matt Fraction? Yeah, she is. Yeah, you have it, to have a sense of humor. Well, okay, because um, James Robinson was there. He's doing this book called The Saviors with Jay Bone, which is crazy 
because you know Jay Bones has um I think James said his style kind of looks like it's for kids you know mm-hmm. it's kind of cartoony or something like that so they're doing this this book but um James made this appropriate comment about something and I, I, <laughs> wow that's a yeah. shocker because <laughs> most of what he says is not it had, it, was, it was um I'm trying to think what it exactly it was something to do with like needing hand lotion for something <laughs> and, and then and then Kelly Sue DeConnish is like so do I or something like that oh jeez so like so she, yeah she's she's funny and oh. um Matt Fraction was also there so he's doing a, I think it's satellite same something like that um he's doing it with Howard Chicken um <laughs> Chris Robertson has a book that actually does remind me though I'm sorry to interrupt but of, of a book that we didn't talk about that I wanted to Ladies and gentlemen, Space Punisher. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't read that. I haven't read that because Ryan took it. Space Punisher is so unbelievably stupidly awesome. <laughs> I gotta get that. It right. is oh, not man. a. It is not set in the six one six universe. So it and B. It is the Punisher meets the magazine Heavy Metal. It is <laughs> so. It is such a big dumb book. Uh, he is. He is. I kid you not. Trying to track down the space mafiosi who killed his space family. <laughs> <laughs> that is almost word for word a line in the book. Oh my god! So that is the tone that is it is like pure nineteen fifties pulp sci fi with the Punisher and a robot sidekick. That's funny. It is great. It is so not what I was expecting, and I love it. I guess <laughs> anyway, so, sorry. Back to the image panel. Back to image. So there's a book, um, Rain by Chris Robertson and um, Greg Rucka has a book called Lazarus. So it's like all these creators came. Ed Brubaker was there just to hang out and. and moderate the questions he didn't have anything announced he just wanted to be there so it's just weird that all these these creators i mean they had nothing else to do with like marvel like matt fraction didn't do anything i don't think he was on any panels or anything like that and so and like kelly sued kind of you know captain marvel's come out she didn't do anything i don't know if she did any signings or anything like that and it's just weird with all the marvel now stuff coming out it's like, I don't even think they, they did a panel on it. They had a panel on Avengers vs. X-Men. The, the depressing reality, and this isn't me being like crass or, or cruel to Marvel, is that Marvel's a film company. <laughs> like, that's kind of what their emphasis is now. Um, speaking of films, <laughs> I guess I somehow didn't write this down here. Um, they they announced Guardians of the Galaxy. Woo! So what we we all knew, it was it was leaked, supposedly. There's a reason why Rocket Raccoon and Nova were in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. And why they're on um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And why they're in the book Avengers Assemble. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, guys. So that's, that's coming out. <laughs> I'm just um, saying. <laughs> on, I think, Saturday, there's a new Man of Steel poster came out. And Chainmail. And there was a teaser, which or a trailer, which was not on my screening of The Dark Knight Rises, which sucked. <laughs> um because this actually you heard Nick, it here first. My screening of Dark Knight Rises sucked. Yeah, Tony Guerrero, Comic Vine. No, no, no Man of Steel. Um, <laughs> Matt Pepin asks. He says, "Just a teaser, but can we hope good things?" So this is a heavy duty. So I had to see it hey, online. Tony, what happened when you played that for me this morning? You almost cried. Uh, almost. I don't know if you actually cried. I actually cried. Okay, you must. Have I had looked, to. Looked, I looked had away. to make you stop it because the first line in that teaser got me choked up. Oh, I'm Superman. <laughs> and that is not it. <laughs> so, I mean, but the, the mute, I mean, there's, I guess we shouldn't spoil the teaser since it's a teaser and there's oh. not much, you know, people are going to want to see it. Um, but I mean, just the music and everything. And it's, it's very heavy, very, has a, like an epic feel. I mean, it's, I guess what you'd expect from Zack Snyder, 
the question though is, I mean, it is just a teaser. We don't really see. I mean, there's no like Superman punching someone. You know, you, there's no like hardcore Superman comic book action. And so that's a concern that a lot of people have is, you know, with all the slow motion stuff that, you know, he's known for doing, even like um, Guardians of Galoo, Galoo, the owl movie, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like, I I dug that movie. Um, It was darker than I think the books were a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's violent parts there, like owls almost catching on fire and stuff. You know what that teaser did? Owls making tiny helmets. What did it it do? It did something kind of remarkable, which is, it felt like the beginnings of Zack Snyder trying to ground Superman in reality. Well, I mean, you have Christopher Nolan producing it. But that's something that I don't think I've seen. Because it, it's always been guy in the blue tights right. and, yeah, you know, flies through the, the air. And kind of, I mean, kind of campy and just, you know, super and... Man. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just it feels very different, and I and I think that that I don't expect tons of action in a teaser, and I I'm almost glad that there wasn't because it felt like he was he was real. So I don't know. I thought it was really really moving. Yeah, it's great mm-hmm. teaser. I, I, I'm not sure what I want or expect from a Superman movie. I mean, it can't be you know all stylistic and slow motion and you know. Sure big can. epic movie because that's not Superman. So I guess I, I, guess, I, I want a Mongol. That's <laughs> that's kind of what I want out of it. I don't know. I want to see. A, I want to see a Superman story that doesn't revolve around Kryptonite. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I want. I want someone who can just go toe to toe with Superman on his own level, like on an action side of it. Like obviously, I want more than just punch, Superman for each other. Quest for peace. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want. I want a nuclear man. Uh, Deadpool. Um, intero- so GameSpot actually has, has a footage for this on, on their site where there's a Marvel video game panel and they're, they're, um, announcing a hit monkey game <laughs> and then Deadpool came in, interrupted him, basically was like yelling at them, throwing their name tags off, insulting everyone. And so, and he basically, he, he put together, I think he, he said something like taking a, he took a class at a community college or something like that. So he put together a little website and there's going to be a Deadpool Video game looks looks really interesting. Looks looks, I, I'm I'm excited. I I, I I'm I'm being overly cautious because, I mean, I, that I Wolverine game wasn't great. I mean, my, <laughs> I because I want it to Who's be doing it. Activision, yes, uh, is it? Um, they might be publishing it, but I don't think they're developing it in house. Yeah, I think they're publishing. I forget. I don't what know. Is, not sure who the, the developer has a, a so-so track record, but it could go well. I can't remember who the developer is though. All I know is Nolan North is voicing Deadpool, and that makes me happy. <laughs> Just don't say Sega. No, it's not Sega. Um, okay. Um, there is also a and that trailer also made me happy. So <laughs> I'm happy. There was a on on our site. There is a cosplay challenge video. Anything you want to say about that, sir? I did a cosplay challenge video. <laughs> Way to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Okay, that's it. Yeah, I think. That's Any all. details on what perhaps a cosplay challenge is? Or <laughs> oh, you want you want to know more? Yeah, oh, okay. I would. This is like Starship Troopers. I would like to know more. All right. So uh, I decided that I wanted to dress up for Comic Con. Okay. Even though. Even though I was adamant of again. Over and over. 
adamant about not ever doing it ever again because it's called a swerve because I want to be taken seriously. And I thought that, you know, if I wear a costume, nobody's going to take me seriously. But then I realized that it's comic con and, uh, the spirit of the convention is not to be a stuffy jerk, but to, you know, enjoy yourself and have a good time. And I thought that this was fun and Tony was in support of it. And I dragged him to a bunch of stores and he got to carry my bags. How was that for you? Oh, yeah. It was not so bad, right? No. No, it actually didn't take me very long. Um, so, I have a bow and arrow at home, by the way. Yeah. If I, would have known. I mean, it would have been nice to... My daughter has one with like suction cups. It would have been really nice to have um, done the uh, the current or the upcoming Lara Croft. Mm. With pants? With the, with the cargo <laughs> pants and like all the blood and stuff, but... The necklace? Yeah. And the you, necklace. You, didn't, you didn't get the necklace? I didn't get, but no go. Huh. But it was and cool. what we can take away from all of this, is? you cannot get guns at San Diego or on Comic-Con. Absolutely not. I couldn't believe that. They don't no sell guns. toy guns. Oh. Even, it was even, such a shock. I mean, I could get like guns. a phaser. I was like, no, you can't. <laughs> no, I mean, I could get a phaser, but I can't get the, the toy guns that, you know, everybody. If you go to a convention, everybody's going to have like the toy guns. Sure, if they're props. dressed as a Rob Liefeld character. Yes, because <laughs> Eddie even You're tried have going. Fifty or sixty of them. Eddie tried going to a, a, a was it like an army surplus somewhere where they they have you know props like you know, decommissioned. Yeah, <laughs> and there was like nothing. There were everything was sold out, and you couldn't get anything anywhere. Crazy. We walked the convention floor, all the vendors, and you know because you can get like katana swords, and you can get. <laughs> You can get things get, that actually hurt scars. people. You can't get pretend guns. You can get get hats with ears that that supposedly that read your 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 brain waves. Your brain waves, yeah. And you can you you can get little masks. little masquerade masks, but <laughs> you can't get guns. Hmm. So. Everything else you can possibly think of. So, what was the challenge aspect of this? Uh, cosplay? Can I make this costume? Oh, okay. And will it be believable? By, cool. By you know the time I get to put it on and whatever else. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. And then the thing is, we had no pictures of it. Oh. <laughs> I know. What a shocker, right? I, I mean, there, that. there's some people took pictures at the end. So yeah. they're out there somewhere. I don't you know, know. In someone's personal collection, maybe. I don't know. That's cool, man. <laughs> doesn't make me feel weird at all. <laughs> well, well actually, That is why I don't dress up. When you phrase <laughs> it like that. But um, I, I did see a comment that. Because you did the the GameSpot stage, which I didn't know you did that. Yeah, people said I was ugly. Because you didn't. That's cool, dude. You didn't tell me you did that. I didn't know. But I guess yeah. you can see it there. There's a link where you can see. Because that, that a lot of people said, like, oh, it would be nice to see what it actually looked like so they can see if you succeed or not. Mm-hmm. So I guess you can see it at GameSpot. Yeah, they were all. I, the, f- the first four girls were ugly, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> okay. People on the internet acting like a jerk? You're right. kidding me. Okay. And someone said that you had to have a ponytail. All right. Okay. I'm ugly. <laughs> um, all right. So now is the time to spoil Dark Knight. <laughs> so you guys. All right, wanna, guys. Thanks we, for having me on. Yeah. Uh, see you later, Tony. <laughs> have fun. So it starts out where. Anne Hathaway. Where, where Batman. Falls is, into is a ditch. At a, in a diner. <laughs> and she stays there for the rest of the movie. He, he, he's in a diner and he's. Five to, stars. Sarah he, he's yes. <laughs> trying to order eggs over easy and they just they're like we can't we can't make eggs over easy anymore because after the joker came we we just we're not allowed to do it (laughs) that's an odd rule (laughs) oh um do we want to i I won't i guess i won't even talk about anything do we want to briefly talk about tom jane's little 
No, Internet? because we're talking about Dark Knight. Come on. <laughs> you keep, you keep sw- trying to switch everything, Corey. It's like, I have a, a script here. Um, so it made tw- about $27 million just in the midnight showing. Someone wow. said $30 million, so I don't know if, if, if that's a more accurate number. Is that more than the Avengers? No. Well, they said it was, it was going – I don't know have the Avengers number um, here. But, I think it outsold the Avengers in pre-sales. But they so. said that – I don't want it to. I kind of don't either, actually. I want the Avengers – to do better, I honestly I want don't to think be it's going the to biggest movie of all time. I, I, and Why not because that? not because the Avengers is better, but because I feel like the Avengers is more of a blockbuster. Like I feel like Dark Knight Rises is more of like because to me the Avengers movie was the perfect superhero movie. Uh, exactly, but you yes. haven't even seen this yet, so how can you say that? Because I know it's it's a film, not a movie. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's very <laughs> very that's, that's another snifter of brandy. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's see. I'm looking up information here. I love being clever. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find information. Okay, so here's our. I'm looking at Box Office Mojo, and they just have Can Dark Knight Rises Top Avengers opening, blah, and blah, blah. it's like, where's the numbers here? There's nothing here. So. As we pause, as I try to find... So Thomas Jane released a 10-minute short film on the so, internet. <laughs> the Avengers made... 900. It, was, it had a $200 million budget. And it was like one nine hundred fifty. It's opening million. weekend. It made $207 million opening weekend. Um, the unfortunate thing is they don't have anything about the midnight showing. That's weird. Because that's... I guess that's what that's what I want to know. I want to say it was forty. Forty, I think. I think so. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Dark Knight Rises prediction. So okay, they. So the question is, can it top the two hundred seven million dollar? And what's it at so far? Well, it did thirty million just in the midnight showing. That's okay. Start. Okay, here it is, which gives it an early leg up on the Avengers eighteen point seven million. So that's that's a bit of a difference. It is, but in the grand scheme of things, like twelve million is not that big of a difference. <laughs> or is that is not going to be a, a number that matters in the grand scheme? Wait, so what was Avengers two hundred seven? Yes, their weekend forecast is two hundred fourteen point seven million, and they're saying that's going to be a new record. Perhaps. <laughs> so we'll have to see. If what do they do? Just add like twelve? <laughs> no, you, you'll look at. You kind of do it based on drop-offs over the week, like base it on Friday and Saturday. How many drop, screens? How it drops off. You know, yeah. um, how many screens it's on? Maybe. But the other, the other thing is it's is um th- which should be taken into consideration is Dark Knight Rises is not 3D. So if the Avengers was in 3D, so it had the 3D extra kick in the box office. But it could have also had the people who didn't want to see it in 3D. So yeah, but the, but didn't if, but there's there's more 3D screenings. There's more 3D screenings than non 3D screenings. Yeah. So they get all Are that. There? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yes. I mean, theaters are going to try to the the push. I mean, there there'll be theaters that only have it in 3D. The bigger theaters that have more theaters, they can have 3D and a 2D. You know, for those people that want to see Should it. Should I but, see it in IMAX when I go? Uh, Is it worth it? Because. Because to me, the only movie I've seen in IMAX that I that I said to myself, "Wow, this is worth seeing in IMAX," was Tron. What about John Carter? I could have done. Without the IMAX, but Tron. I'm trying. Try th- my 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 <laughs> problem. Amazing soundtrack. So my oh, problem with man. IMAX is it, it since it's such a big screen. Mm-hmm. 
that you have to make sure you know you don't miss anything because you know if you're looking over here and something happens here you know you might miss out and i know a lot of people love it i i dig it i i'm not like a huge like i need to see it in imax no me neither so i I don't know i mean i i didn't see it in imax so i i can't say i mean it it would be cool i'd like to see it in imax but i don't i don't feel it needs i i could be the wrong person to ask okay so maybe ask someone else um so yeah, um, I don't know if you guys heard that Thomas Jane did his little Punisher short. <laughs> Tony, tell me more about Thomas Jane's Punisher short. And it's it's, it's like a fan made thing, and it's it's violent and it's like really violent. That's what we need. So, <laughs> uh, is it good? Yeah, I, I thought so. It's, we have it on the site, but I haven't watched it. Yet. It's, yeah. it Thomas Jane played the Punisher in 2004's movie, which I actually think is the best one that's come out, um, and I really like it. I am apparently in a vast minority on that opinion. But. Maybe he did that so he, you know they could be like, "Hey, let's put the Punisher in." Hey, let's put the Punisher in a not crappy movie. <laughs> um, but but Ethan and I did a, a great interpretation of Punisher Warzone. I'm sure we, we reenacted it. Was was he spinning around from the ceiling, or was that no, that was me? Okay, I was going. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> um, Ethan played the role of Jigsaw. Okay, and he even did the speech. Oh, he, he even had, and I, I I take credit for this. He even had a couple Jigsaw pieces taped to his face. We took Scotch tape and <laughs> taped a couple big pieces of puzzles uh, onto his face. That sounds awesome. And yeah. Um, but no, that movie was was ridiculous and insane, and it, it, it succeeded at what it wanted to do, which was be ridiculous and insane. But I feel like Thomas Jane's Punisher is is a bit more like a, what a success, and the movie was relatively successful. I feel like what, Robert, he, he Rebecca be, remains. What, yeah, she Stamos was in, see, I didn't at the time. Really, I didn't really care for her. Was in that. Like, um, what's his name? Who played Angel in X Men Three? And I'm sure that's what he always wants to be remembered for. Ben Foster was in there. Yeah. Uh, Kevin and, Nash and, and Dolph Lundgren. I don't think he was in it. No, he was in the other one. No, he was in the one in the 80s where the Punisher teams up with the mobsters who killed his family. What? <laughs> yeah. Because they, they're... One of the mobsters' kids gets abducted by the Yakuza, and so they go to Frank Castle, and they're like, help me get my son back, guy whose family we murdered. And he says yes. <laughs> because that's what the Punisher would totally do. Uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, it's it's great. It's called Dirty Laundry. I think if you just look up Thomas Jane Dirty Laundry. Or just go to Comic Vine. Or go to ComicVine.com. It's in Follow our link. On the news page. Uh, yeah, not safe for work. It is mega violent. It depends on where you work. <laughs> I guess. If you work in a slaughterhouse, it might be safe for work. I think you can watch it here. Ron Perlman is also in it, and he's one of my favorite character actors. Ron Perlman. He's Ron Perl- I, we didn't even talk about this, but did you guys know Ron Perlman, um, did, he, he went back to Hellboy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He hates. He, I think he hates. I mean, I'm speaking he, he for him. He said now. so. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't like doing the makeup process. No, of course not. It's like a six-hour, yeah. ten-hour process. But he he did it, and do you guys know why? Yeah, I do, and it's so cute. The make a wish yeah. thing. Some, oh, yeah, some little kid. Right. Some little yeah. kid wanted to hang out with Hellboy. So he's, he's sitting there on a, on a couch with Hellboy. Man. So speaking of Ron Perlman, uh, stand-up dude. They, <laughs> you got a new couch. They both agreed that they would do a Hellboy three. So now it's just They've getting which, which has prompted some sites to declare Hellboy 3 confirmed. <laughs> well, I mean, that's something, right? It is, but don't... Because he's never... He said he'd never go back to it. Yeah, most likely. I mean, but Mickey Rourke also said the same thing about playing Marv again in Sin City. Yeah. And now apparently he is. So I don't know if it's a matter of money. And, and yeah, it I mean, would Del, suck. I think Del Toro might need to, to grease the wheels a little bit for that... Um, Del Toro... At, at the Mouth he, of Madness He's movie. just... He's doing like a million projects. I mean, and yeah. he, he even said uh, the Incredible Hulk TV show is, is still happening. 
but it's like how how are you gonna, <laughs> how are you going to do all this stuff and and it's I mean I okay. I loved Hellboy two I mean I absolutely loved that movie I was less than a fan I thought the first one was better but... oh, you're crazy you're crazy. really. So. I mean, it was a feast for the eyes, and it was, you know, really, it was well-written, but I feel like the plot was just not a Hellboy plot. You're I feel like it was a little plot. bit too sweeping and epic. Thank you, Matt Rory. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the big news of the week. There's more? Yeah. I got, okay. yeah. Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is coming back. Huge news. Season three. <laughs> that's, the, that's the news that you end on. <laughs> so on July 30th at 2 p.m. Eastern Pacific, that's crazy because it usually would play Friday nights. You'd think. And the other thing is is, Saturday if, is they're doing it three weeks in a row, Monday through Friday. So starting Friday, July 30th at 2 o'clock on Cartoon Network, there's gonna do, they're going to do all – they're going to blast through all their new episodes. Like every day there's going to be a new episode Jeez. for three weeks. And then – That's sustainable. <laughs> so it's, it's just – it's weird. I mean – I like it. It's, it's, you get a new episode every day. But you got to remember to set your DVR and hope that your DVR is not at like 90% like some people's and – or that it doesn't pick up every like episode of Scooby Doo that airs on every other network, like Boomerang, or, or every episode of not Adventure that Time. Anything wrong with that? My Adventure Time DVR setting, I have set that because I, I think we've seen all the old episodes now. I'm just about through season, so two. I love. I have show. it set record only new episodes, and I I deleted it. And I did a new setting only new episodes. It records it every single time they show it, and. <laughs> And then I got like like fifty episodes of Adventure Time, and then I got to figure <laughs> out: Did I see this one? Did I see this one? And we'll start watching it, and we're like, "No, we saw this one." And are you ever concerned with the content on that show? Because I've made it through two seasons now, and that show can get a little bit dark, yeah, a little daughter, bit, a lot dark. My, my daughter can handle it, I'm sure, but like, it's just, I sometimes I can't handle it. Sometimes I'm like, you know what I can't that was handle? a really dark ending. You know what I can't handle? Taking six year olds to the screenings of Dark Knight Rises. <sighs> Maybe we should end with that there. <sighs> What do you mean? No, we're not done yet. What are you talking about? I once had a child, like a, a an infant, in a screening, a midnight oh. screening of The Devil's Rejects. Oh, you know the Rob ex- Zombie like gore fest, I, <laughs> like torture I porn had, movie. I had a, screening, a screaming child during uh, the Avengers. At least, like that's somewhat like no. it's. it's no. Don't get me wrong; it's idiotic, no. but it's not The Devil's you, Rejects. No. If you, that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but if you have a baby. Don't come to the movie theater. Yeah, hire a babysitter. Get a cousin to do it. I don't know. I don't have kids, so maybe I shouldn't talk about it. No, but, no, uh, no. And yeah, no, I, I can't stand that. Um, <laughs> at my screening of The Amazing Spider-Man, there was screening. At my showing of The Amazing Spider-Man, there was like a kid, there was a little, little kid who kept stage whispering to her parents for the entire movie. You're and if you don't know, quiet. if you don't know what I mean by stage whispering, it's when you talk like this at exactly this volume, but you're trying to whisper. But you don't, you didn't tell her to stop. I, she was like kind of across the theater from me, but so I couldn't have, I couldn't have done that without causing an even bigger disruption. Tony, you said we're not done. No, I, actually I wasn't done with Scooby-Doo, but. Oh, I'm I, sorry. No, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've moved on. A couple of jerks over here. I'm who, sorry. You uh, started talking about Adventure Time, so I thought you were done with Scooby. Now we're going to take questions now. So this is... <laughs> what else about Scooby? Come on. This is, no, you, you guys poo-pooed Aww. it. No, that's the big news. <laughs> so, so you guys missed Sarah, out. Sarah, we've hurt Tony's feelings. How can we make it right? I mean, it, it was a crazy, crazy season two, and I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. Oh. Um, so this is from Joe... 
Joe the, the P1 No. I don't can't even read his name. Um, so he says I've and I haven't pre-read any of these. So hopefully these are all. Uh oh. Second verse same as the first. I have been reading Spider Men. Mm-hmm. And have been enjoying it greatly. But I realized something. Do you think it would be better for 616 Peter Parker to give web shooters to Miles Morales or Ultimate Aunt May to give him Ultimate Peter Parker's web shooters? Peter giving Miles web shooters is the original Spider-Man giving his approval of Miles taking up his mantle, even though he died in Ultimate Universe. Whereas Aunt May giving mm-hmm. them would seem that the guardian of the hero proves of it and is happy to see her nephew's legacy is still continued on despite him dying. I think with how Spider-Man number three ends, we may very well see one or the other of those. Uh, I haven't read that one It's yet. amazing. It's so good. The last panel will leave you in tears. Sarah, if better? you want to cry again, oh my God. Yeah? Uh, the last like two pages of Spider-Man oh, number three geez. are so good. Can't wait. So continuing here, which one do you think is better? Also, do you Get think me. they will continue... They will connect Ultimate Spider-Man to Ultimate X-Men because it seems they are totally different because in X-Men... And wait, um, because in X Men the U S is over and by Sentinels, while in Sp- Spider Man New York is still intact. Well, they're about to do that big crossover, so they're going to connect it somehow. <laughs> I say it may. What do you think, Tony? I mean, it seems like it would make more sense because yeah, six one six. He's like, oh, hey, by the way, here, take these web shooters. I'll just make more when I get right. back home. And Aunt May is like, I don't think he needs six one six Peter Parker's approval. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, well. but Aunt May is more powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She's more powerful. She she's an old lady. <laughs> she's the golden oldie, dude. Come on. Okay. Um, <laughs> next is from Tobin. Tobin Raciat. Race Racicot. Um what do you think of the fusions of universes? I don't mean crossovers like Spider Man. I mean things like Marvel vs. Capcom or DC vs. MK. Or my personal favorite, Kingdom Hearts. Do you like them? What are your favorites? Favorites. Ooh, European um, spelling. What would you like to see? Uh, I, I wish I could hate them, but I can't. I, I, I'm such a sucker for, for those crossovers, especially when they're done well. Like yeah. something like Kingdom Hearts or the, any of the games that you mentioned. When it feels like more than just a cash-in. I'm looking at you, Exo Man of War Iron Man game from 1996. Yeah, I mean, there, there has to be a reason for it. and um, Yeah, I mean, even in comics, like, you know, I mentioned the... G.I. Joe and Danger Girls. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know how that's going to be, but I'm, I'm curious to see it. They, when there was a Danger Girl and Batman crossover, and that one, it worked. I mean, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't the you know, best thing ever, but... There has to be a certain tonal consistency. Like, I actually think, like, both Marvel versus Capcom and Mortal Kombat versus DC really got the tones right of, of both those universes. Um... And so, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the most important thing, is that it, it meshes, like, that you and you don't have... Like something that's super dark and grim and, you know, serious meeting with something like bright and shiny and whimsical. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, overall, I like them. Okay, Tobin also says, Corey said he enjoyed the Battle Royale mangas. You mangas. can't prove that. I never said. Yeah, no, I totally. I read the novel first and greatly enjoyed it. Tony said he started the Hunger Games. Do you think we should see more novel to comic adaptations? So, like, we're seeing it with, like, um, a lot of Stephen King stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get a Fifty Shades of Grey comic. Oh, God, can we never? Yeah, we, well, we have Girl with the Dragon Tattoos coming mm-hmm. at yeah. some point. Orson Scott Card did his Ender series and even <sighs> used comics to fill in some of the gaps. What do you think? No I like comment. It better, I like it better for um, video games. Like, yeah, the I Mass agree. Effect comics. Yeah, but some of them mm-hmm. aren't, aren't 
Some of them are Well, you could say that about almost anything. I mean, the, the general consensus, I think, is a lot of people, a lot of comic readers don't like video game comics. Sure. And a lot of video game players don't like comic books in general. What's your point? <laughs> um, the point is that the no, video game comic books are being turned against each other. Um, geeks should embrace geeks. Um, my, my big problem with novels to comic books is that you tend to get giant blocks of narration. Mm-hmm. It happens with, with the Stephen King books, the, with the Stand book. It's like you can tell like this is just taken lifted wholesale, put into a text block. Yeah, I'm surprised you never did a Harry Potter comic. Uh, the Anita Blake comics, maybe I'm tipping my hand too much as to the kind of books that I enjoy, but the Anita Blake comics do the same thing. They lift out huge chunks wholesale from the book and just put it in a text block. And so what that's is Anita Blake. Anita Blake is a... Is it published by Marvel? It's the vampire chick, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, she's but... not a vampire. She's a vampire hunter. But Oh. But she's in love with the vampire. Kind of, but it's it's a bit... It's a bit more trashy romance novel, I'll, I'll admit. Really? It's a bit more of like bodice rippery. Um, it's certainly, it's titanically, it's like head, shoulders, and chest better than a certain other young adult vampire novel that I won't even name because the comparison is so lazy that I can't believe I just made it. But Twilight? It, yes. It also predates it by several years, but it's... I mean, I remember seeing Anita Blake comics in, in the store, but I didn't realize they were based on a novel. Yeah, yeah. they're a novel by this woman, Laurel K. Hamilton. Um, they're they're entertaining. They're not high literature. They're not high art, but they're they're fun to read. They're really violent at some parts, so mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the more... And they're also super sexy at some other parts, so yeah, it's kind of like romance novel trashy, but in a fun way. <laughs> now a fun one. Who would... Your four-hero team be using two from Marvel and two from DC. What's our mission? Are we, <laughs> or do I have to cover all my bases? You just cover all. Oh man. Um, <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of Is dead there? air. Anyone? I don't know. Batman. You gotta have Batman. I don't know. I think I would rather have Iron Man. Well, you can have. Well, you four. can have both. Two I know, but each. like then it would be redundant. Like, see, I'm trying. If I'm trying to well, cover Batman all bases, and Iron Man aren't aren't similar. I have to be like Iron Man and Doctor Strange from Marvel, just in case we're going up against something It'd technological. Be the, the or Flash, magic. Wally West, Quicksilver, and <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> um, oh my God, and see, then for DC, I need to keep my cosmic bases covered. Ooh. Well, because I mean, but the thing is, so you want She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman, and Power Girl. There you go. She's- that. Is a heavy hitting team. And do you call it girl power with two R's? For for serious. <laughs> I would say so. Batman. That's actually a pretty good team. Now that I'm actually thinking about it. I like Batman, <laughs> mm-hmm. Superman. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so we got we got Batman. We got the strength. We need. I'll say Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and we need someone with telepathy besides Professor X. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So maybe I would go for for Iron Man, uh, Nova, and then Constantine, and man, I need like a bi- I need like a big hitter. So maybe Superman. All right, time's up. <laughs> Tobin says Deadpool, Moon Knight, Flash, and Nightwing. That's a pretty limited uh, li- limited crew you got there. I don't you know. You only have four. I know, but I'm saying like that three of those are but street a level. A lot of them are similar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If we're just going by favorites, then that's an awesome list. But all right, me being the practical jerk, I have to like cover all my bases. Doran Tuvia says DC is releasing new anthology book called National Comics. Each issue is a one shot and is supposed to be like a comic pilot. Jeff Lemire is on the first issue with Kid Eternity. What are your thoughts on the book? Are you interested in enough to get more than the fi- than the first issue? 
do you think there's a fan base big enough for a comic like this to succeed? Mm. So Sarah, you, I remember you posted this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think well, you, I don't think you can really answer that question because Until I think the first issue you need comes to see, out. yeah. Is that yeah. first issue worth, is it enough? That's what I think. And first issues, a lot of time have, have the hard time. They, you know, you need to tell the story. You need to have enough action. You, know, you can't have too much story, too much origin. You, you want action, but you can't have too much action where you don't get what the story is. So it's, it's a, a tough, tough, tough thing to do. So, um, I don't know how successful it's going to be. I mean, you're going to have these obscure characters that most people today don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're going to say, Hey, here's, here's something new. Why don't you spend your money on this instead of getting the other stuff that you do know and are currently reading. So I, th- I think it's, it's going to be hard for, for people to, to jump into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenneth Clark says, I would like to read more about the green arrow. Is there any past title or arcs you would recommend reading? His current run has been pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who do you th- who do you like better, Green Arrow or Hawkeye? Thanks, Kenny. I like Hawkeye better. Yeah, on the strength of how he's written, I would say Hawkeye. Um, I, there was a our quiver that was good. Um, what was the one that it it was re released recently? It was I think it was drawn by Amanda Connor. I believe it was when those two crazy kids tied the knot and they were on oh, Amazon yeah, I Island. That. There was this really, and, and, uh, I think it's called the wedding album or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's, there's this really great moment where where uh, Red Arrow, their, uh, I believe it's their son, right? Yeah, is, is grievously injured and they're on a raft in the middle of the ocean and they they don't know what to do because they can't their communicator's not working, they can't figure it out. And Green Arrow comes up with one of the most ingenious solutions to the problem, which is to just start at the top of his lungs screaming. And it's this great like cut to like the Daily Bugle where he's like, where like you know Superman as Clark Kent is like sitting in his desk Daily like Bugle. filling out yeah. reports. Planet. Sorry, yeah. Daily Planet. It's Con- a crossover Curry. too. You don't even know. Um, <laughs> nobody nobody caught that except me. I, you know, it was this great crossover. Nobody noticed um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the Daily Planet, and he's like typing at his desk, and um, it's like talking about like how he hears sort of everything that's going on in the world, and he has to parse out what's worth his time. But just like the notion of like hearing his name screamed at top like at the top of someone's lungs, and he just like zooms off and rescues him and he's like i'm leaving the rest of you here but i'm taking him to the hospital i know what's up and just zooms off and it's kind of they're left to get back to shore by themselves but they do and it's just this great like that is kind of a cool emergency system of just like scream his real name at the top of your lungs mm-hmm. yep <laughs> sorry again went off on a bit of a tangent and there's also <laughs> um the his origin story they, they did a you know where you see him on the island mm-hmm. and I, I don't know i don't know if they officially call it like year one or anything like that I think they did. I think they called that Green Arrow Year One. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rich Bourne says, Hello and good afternoon, one and all. I picked up Blue Beetle number 11, but am missing issue 3 and 4 through 10. Is it worth ordering the other issues to catch up? I want to like Jaime Reyes, but I'm not sure if this is as good as I hear his pre-52 series was. Um. I'm not positive how you would order those. Well, getting, getting back issues, unless they are well, on eBay. You can, or, I mean, I'm sure there's some online sites that, you know, you can, they have back issues and stuff. Right. Or, I mean, just go to Comixology or, you know, DC yeah. app and you can pick them up and you probably get them, you know, for a dollar cheaper or whatever. But um, I, I I read, I know I've read the first few issues and, and there are some parallels, some differences with, with the original series. I haven't read the last few issues. I, I know issue, I think issue 11 just came out this week because it's 
here, I think, in, in this stack. Um, I I don't think I can I I'm, can't answer that. I I don't since I'm I'm behind. I haven't really been reading it myself, so unfortunately, I too am having to having to plead ignorance. So sorry, Rich. <laughs> Um, but he also says, if DC and Marvel swapped all their creative teams, what teams would you like to see? Example, Fraction LaRocca on Superman, or oh, Johnson Lee on Avengers, or Snyder and Capullo on Captain America? Ooh. I think that, that sounds... <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Snyder and Capullo on just about anything, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are great examples there. I would love to, honestly, and this is a little bit lazy of me, but I would love to see Snyder and Capullo on Black Panther. Yeah. Um, Wait, of, why do you say that's lazy? You think there's I don't know. I, yeah, I think they're kind of, I don't think they're they're kind they're of parallels. Like. Why not put them on Moon Knight? Because oh! they're, they're the same character. Do, do, do. I think they kind of are. They're both no way. techie. They both dress. They both favor the color black. I don't think they're anything alike. Really? Really. They're both expert hand-to-hand fighters. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Completely different. There it is. All right, then I'm not lazy. I'm awesome. Thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Carlos Fuentes says he loves the show. He wants to know if we have a comics bucket list. Oh, uh, like stuff we don't have that we'd like to get? Or like, is that like, I want to meet X person? <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it's like, like uh, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's someone, I don't know if he means just creators you want to meet or like a story that you want to see happen. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so I don't I don't know. I mean, do you guys have either? Gina Carano in a Wonder Woman movie. I would just love to meet Warren Ellis. <laughs> and what would you say to him? I don't know. Honestly. Well, so you, that, you gotta start thinking. I've about gotten that. a lot over a lot of my, my star struckedness uh being here in this wonderful uh job, but I, I still feel like there are a couple of people who I would just meet and just go, huh humana humana humana. Like, that was you? me with Grant Morrison. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't be much better. Like, what would you do if he came into your store? See, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think about things like that, and I'm just like, do you feign ignorance? Do you pretend you don't know who it is? Or do you be like, oh, my God, please sign my copy of The Authority that I need to run home and go get? Mm-hmm. Sign all 172 yeah. copies here so we can sell them. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what we would do. Um. As for a storyline, I honestly don't know. I kind of feel like I've seen so many amazing storylines lately that, I mean, I've got a couple that I would love to write, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Isn't Rick Remender leaving uh, X Force? He's uh, if he is leaving that, he's also leaving Venom. Well, he's leaving Venom because um, I think Colin. Colin mm, Bond. I think he's he's doing it. He's I, taking over. Yeah, and I think Rick's still doing new Avengers or secret Avengers with Venom so there's still going to be some communication there but yeah I, um, I'm not sure um, okay as I we got some stuff to try to get through this so Wandering Hand says he loves listening to James on a podcast but he wants to know how about getting Jim Lee or Scott Snyder <laughs> so yeah we should just we just Jim just Scott read, you hearing this hey, just read get, the response by James um, okay so James <laughs> This was on Twitter. So then James says, what do you mean? All Scott wants to talk about is topiary and model trains. I'm way more sexy. <laughs> it's true. He's got brandy and fried chicken for you. Come on now. I mean, the thing is, you know, you know, they, they both have crazy busy schedules. and Also, they both live in another part of the country. Yeah, it's like, you know, we, we do have the option of Skyping, but we don't do it often because 
I just it find just it, it it's it's a little awkward, you know, because knowing when to, you know because you, you can't really jump in as 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 easily when you know you're not in the room and you know you got to wait for the pause and it completely changes the dynamic of how a conversation works. And and we've we've had one time where I mean just the quality was horrible. Yeah. This was like way back. Oh man, I remember that. And we also we don't have them on video generally, so it's not even like we can't even like really look at them. It's, yeah. it's more like you're having a conversation with a completely disembodied voice. Okay, so. These are from the forums now, so this is from a couple weeks ago. Um, Super Foreigner says, love your podcast, hearing your opinion on certain characters, writers, artists, and comics. I was wondering if you guys could maybe express your opinion on a new Superboy series and whether you guys think it's worth it for Superboy fans to read it. I'm I'm not weird. crazy about Superboy. Yeah. Um, nope. I mean, so it's it's weird because this is one that, you know, it's written by Scott Lobdell. Um, God, I, that's right, it is. I like Superboy better in Teen Titans a little bit. But it's still, you know, he's 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 still new and he's kind of got an attitude. And um, I guess we'll have to see what Tom DeFalco does with it. Um, yeah. So whether it's, I mean, there's there's going to be a change here. So if you're curious, check it out and make your decision there because it yeah. could be radically different. Also, do you think the current storyline for Deadpool has turned for the worse since the end of the Dead storyline or not? And, Absolutely not. I think it's much better. And whether you think Deadpool will ever get his healing factor back. Almost definitely. But of course he will. I, I like seeing how he has to now behave without it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, especially like, I, I always love when Deadpool and Taskmaster interact because there is such a love-hate relationship with those two. Um, but yeah, especially here where at the end of the, and the, just this, the notion of this arc is hilarious. Like Deadpool is defeated by Trapster and he cannot, like his ego will not allow that to to stand. <laughs> okay, artistic need him says, "Hey, thanks." Um, let's see, skip all that. Um, my, my questions are mostly for James. But, okay, <laughs> my first question is: Do comic? What do you think, James Robinson? Okay, we got oh, we, we have a lot of questions to get through here, <laughs> and we're almost out of time. All right, fair news. Um, do comic artists and writers want people to know their names and what they look like, or do you prefer anonymity? Um, I guess can't answer. I, I think they would want them to know who they are. That's person, that's how fine. they make their living. Sure. Um, have you worked on a comic? Uh, maybe just save these because we can't answer these. Yeah, questions. save them for James. Um, X twenty nine. What's the most sexually awkward moment in a comic? In your opinion? Oh, I, there's I, so many. I would say saga number one: the <laughs> robots with the TV heads. Oh, I thought having, that was fine. Having sex. That, really? That was more accurate than Ms. Marvel getting pregnant with her own future baby? Oh, God. That's so <laughs> like, weird. Come on How now. about Gwen? Gwen and Oh, uh, Goblin Bobbin. <laughs> I would say uh, Black Cat getting retconned into being molested by a frat boy, and oh, that's why God. she's the Black Cat. Thanks, Kevin Smith, for that. Ruining everything. Yeah, that freaking blemish on my one of my favorite females in the comics, which thankfully has been ignored. I think he's so overrated. Ignored and completely... Swept under the rug. So thank you, other creators, for acknowledging that that was a terrible idea. So yeah, no, I think the saga one's fine. It's showing that you know this. It's showing that the robot can't. You know, he's having difficulties. Twenty five. Done some stuff that he's not proud of. Twenty five <laughs> asks, "Do you think Superman comics would improve if he went back to a signature mullet?" <laughs> yes, God, yes. I, I vote uh, yes. A glorious like Kurt Russell from Tango and Cash mullet. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. Irish Lad says, hello, Comic Vine. Hope you had a great Comic-Con. Hi, Do you thanks. have any character team that you dislike, can't understand, that everyone else seems to love and why? So I think, um, like, FF, um, X-Force. <laughs> <laughs> All the books I love. Um, I, Red Hood, 
and the Outlaws. Oh, yeah, but you're not even reading it, so you can't. I just, I've I've read enough of it. She can't I'm understand like, why people like it. I th- I think it. Uh, well, uh, I've said plenty on it. The characterization. Okay. Every, everybody will disagree with me, but that's cool. Um, so I'm trying to think of any. Books. I usually can see the. I don't know, like Young Blood. <laughs> I mean, Young I Young Blood. The appeal. The Young Blood had the, the great thing about Young Blood is like okay. here's this government team. They're superpowers, and they're they're kind of treated like celebrities. Okay, and I think that's how it would be because you know people look up to athletes, they look up to actors. Mm-hmm. So here you have this team that's saving the world, doing all this stuff. I mean, I think that would be a great idea. It's just sure it is. I don't know if the execution. I mean, I did I didn't continue with it, you know, past the the, the beginning. Spawn. I don't even know what Spawn's doing now. All I know is the last issue sold out. I don't see how that guy got remained popular beyond like his first three years, because that was like he was the perfect character for the perfect time, for like those for that era for the '90s era. He was from hell. He used guns. He had a lot of spikes all over him. Uh, he was dark and brooding. And he was it, he was drawn by Todd McFarlane. Yeah, drawn by Todd McFarlane. Perfect for the time. I cannot fathom how that character is still popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Irish lad says. His character team that he dislikes is Fantastic Four. Which there is you go. Really? He was he was your answer, but for realsies. Mm. And I said FF. Yeah, that's still the you same. You don't like the kids, right? That's what it is. I was joking because you love that book. Oh, I love the kids. Oh, they're so and nice. I really don't like kids. I know. Yeah, that's weird. Um, likewise, is there a character? <laughs> I'm actually kind of the same way. Is there a character you like that everyone else seems to hate? His is Dokken. I would actually think Dokken's a good one. Yeah. Man, um, I hate Dokken right now. I like Dokken. Uncanny X Force. Oh, yeah. Stupid jerk. Um, I like Moon Knight, and it seems like a lot of people don't like Moon Knight. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that's if ever, I don't know if people necessarily hate I him. I love Cassandra Kane. It seems like a lot of people don't like her yeah. DC comics. <laughs> you like Lady Shiva? I like Lady Shiva. I feel like a lot of people don't like her, mm-hmm. even though she can be defeated mm-hmm. by a box of chocolates. That's what I mean by they don't like her. <laughs> I like the new Captain Marvel. A lot of people seem to hate her. <laughs> Verse. Some people aren't thrilled about the the hairstyle, the new costume. Verse. You know, anything different. <laughs> Verse says, with the release of Captain Marvel this week, I was wondering what your thoughts are on Miss Captain Marvel. We, I think we already talked yeah, about that. Covered that pretty well. I like the character and feel like she has potential to be a major player. Um, I mean, this is what I brought up. It's like, who, who's the iconic female character in Marvel? You know, she, there isn't I think they want her to be. I mean, she I should be because she's got the name. she should be, yeah. You know, is it her? Is it Storm? Is it Invisible Woman? Is it She-Hulk? You know, Elektra had a movie, but she's not iconic. <laughs> so um, she's not even like a book right now, is she? No. So titles with female leads selling badly, is it like a good villains, or is Marvel just not pushing her at that level? Do you think she could be Marvel's equivalent of Wonder Woman, and what do you think it would take to get her there? So, I mean, it's just going to have to be great stories, great art, and people people giving giving it a chance. It is kind of baffling. So, Um, yeah, I I hope this does well by them. Also, (laughs) I've been... Yeah, you said that before. No. Also, I've been reading Wolverine and X-Men, which is great, but I'm getting annoyed by the Avengers vs. X-Men storyline, yes. (laughs) <laughs> They've mostly done a good job of telling a story, um, but it's holding the comic back. Yeah. Do you feel these events cutting into all the different? Co- um, yeah. I mean, I think this is way too long that we don't need all. I. It's good that they are acknowledging it, but in some cases, it just doesn't feel necessary. It, it, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if they didn't address it, it would feel weird that it's like this is an X Men book. Why aren't they addressing what's going on in AVX? <laughs> Boxfire Art says. Why is it that people can so easily believe that being bitten by a radioactive spider can give you superpowers and that Peter is smart enough to craft web fluid at his couch? 
I don't think he did it as coach. <laughs> but people draw the line of suspension's disbelief that he can sew or buy patterned fabrics. That always seems to be part the part that no one believes to be possible. Because <laughs> he's spent all his time studying, not, not studying how to, yeah. how to sew. It's, he's... Yeah, right. that's, that's actually kind of a valid reason. Well, like, I, yeah, I, I wrote an article about that. How many how many chemists do you know that could knit a, or that could sew a full body suit? <laughs> um, right. Foxfire Art says he's thinking about crafting a new four coma and wants to give the, us the option to pick which one to make. Would, would we rather see a one about Jean Grey and speed dating or Spider Man with swine flu? Spider Man with swine flu. I yeah. <laughs> I'd rather see Jean Grey. I think either one of those would be pretty funny. Um, they both sound funny. Do both. <laughs> D Bennett six six eight four says hi, Comic Vine. I just we became a member after enjoying the site and podcast for about a year. It's Woo! about time. Willkommen. Um, comics were a big part of my childhood, and you guys have helped me get back into them. That's right. Cool. This has led me back to art as well, and I was wondering hey. if you'd consider having an awesome art picks from the. Comic Vine community. For example, hmm. allowing folks to submit art a couple days, a couple of days each week, and you guys picking the top 10 or so submitted. I'm sure I'm not the only one who enjoys making comic art. Would love to send some in. I'm sure there are plenty of talented artists and community. Apologies if this has been done before, didn't work out, or if there's a page in the forums. So we, we do have the, um, the artist show off forums mm-hmm. where you can do that. Um, I'm going to say right now, I mean, since I do the, the art picks, I I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable picking art from the community because mm-hmm. then basically, I mean, what it comes down to is like, okay, this is really good. This is not good. And I don't want to be the person that says your stuff's not good. Thanks for submitting it, but I don't want to put it up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's... I mean, it, I, that may sound kind of harsh, but you know... No, I don't think so. No, yeah, not at all. That's a lot of responsibility. And you're you know, not an art critic. We have done contests in the past where, you know, we we give people the chance to showcase their art there. And but again, it's usually not based on, like, how good are you? It's the idea behind the picture. Yeah. So, and with, with the art picks, I mean, I, I've just set the rule where it's got to be someone who has been published. I mean, I, a lot of times I'll come across a blog and or deviant art pages, like, really great art, but then I, I look, they're not in our database, so it's like, that doesn't qual and yeah, I can change the rule, but that's just what I've been sticking with. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we'll have to. And I mean, something. it's also like you know, you get five hundred submissions. Are you really supposed to choose ten? It's like, did, were the other four hundred and ninety just terrible, or mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what it becomes. But then he did post back says, and now I see the artist show off category. My hey. bad. That said, <laughs> would be an awesome art picks from this category because people have asked me to do that too, and I part of it is time. I don't know. <laughs> um, Bob Loblaws Loblog Love you <laughs> Now for the obligatory Dark Knight Rises question Do you think it's a bad thing that Nolan's Batman Is going to be revered across the world For years to come as a definitive story of Batman While people don't even Mention the work of people like Scott Snyder Or Jeff Johns I do but I think it's a real shame that Is that Nolan's Batman is a loose adaptation Which I don't have a problem with So while he's going to be the most famous He's barely Batman at all Wow, that is deep. That is. And you know what? I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing is, and like I said, when I was in a theater, you got all these people, they're super excited to see Batman. They're waiting, you know, the 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 coming, the, the pre-trailer shows, you know, comes on. They get all excited. It's like, we still have like 20 minutes. And, and, <laughs> and then, you know, first time you see Batman on screen, they're they're cheering and, you know, they're excited, but they don't read Batman comics. So it's... You know they're going to think this could be the greatest thing ever, but they've 
they, they don't ha- realize they, they like how Batman much better it can be. Right. Yeah. So I mean that's just that's that's just the way it is, and it's unfortunate. Um, some creators get involved with movies, like you know Jeff Johns. Who, well, I mean, it's not, not a good thing to brag <laughs> yeah, about. But he was he was, he was he was kind of involved with Green Lantern, but a little bit. He he didn't write it. I mean, it was actually Mark Guggenheim. I think should have been so, Jeff Johns. Yeah, I mean they they sh- Green Lantern that should have been more Secret Origin, the like issues like twenty four, twenty five, whatever mm-hmm. that he did. Should have been more Hal Jordan. Yeah, because I mean that was that was more like Hal and Sinestro. I mean the way they they, they were in the the first movies, like they were hardly even together. There's like no relationship or anything like that so then when sinestro does turn you know it's, it's a bigger deal but you didn't see all that so i don't know i mean it it'd be nice if they can get them more involved because like bendis is kind of getting involved you know joe casada you know people have issues with him but i mean it you need to have you should have comic creators involved in the movie process mm-hmm. to to make sure things are going where they should be i yeah. agree and if it gets them more recognition that's great because you know, they deserve it. If they're the ones that are making the characters good enough to deserve a movie, they should get that, that right. acknowledgement. And the last question comes from Hieroglyph. Do you find it difficult to strike a balance between reviewing and covering comics? For example, when you interview a creator, are your reviews of their work in the back of your mind, particularly if the scores were low? Yes. Also high. It sucks when you really like somebody's work and then you meet them and yep. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think is it to strike a balance between reviewing and covering comics. I think so. When you interview a creator, are your reviews of their work in the back of your mind? So maybe it'd be like, um, let's say there's a, a certain Batman artist writer and then you have to interview him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I don't know. That's how I'm interpreting the question. I'm not saying that, I mean, it's not, I like what, what you're saying too, but it could be something like that is like if you have to interview someone that you personally don't really like, I mean, could you still, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, of course we can still do it because we're, we're sort of professional. professionals, sort of, um, <laughs> I'm speaking for myself more professional than many. So I, I, I think you can do that. Cause I mean, there's been times where you interview someone that, you know, maybe you're not overly familiar with their stuff and you just, you know, you, you kind of. You kind of do it. And mm-hmm. on the other hand, if you really love their stuff, you kind of have to hold back so you're not just gushing all over them. Like I have done. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of people that we're overly familiar with, I thought of another book that came out this week that we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. It was DC Presents number three. Um, <laughs> DC Presents number three? Yeah. Or, um, sorry, not issue three, but the, the, the third issue of the arc that was last week was it last week yeah well it still came out last week and we didn't talk about it yeah we should because we weren't here I didn't, I didn't read Randall it savage it was really good yeah. <laughs> so and scott's not here so, or, i mean james is not here so that's that's his problem but i didn't want him coming in and getting all you didn't read my Sad. comic book oi oi <laughs> that's my totally accurate james robinson impression <laughs> all right that's it for our podcast yay so i'm gonna go see batman on sunday i'm gonna stay off the internet till then is that cool tony I'm going to um, text you. I'm seeing it tomorrow. Don't you happy. dare. Batman goes in a diner, tries to order eggs. <laughs> Better not. Easy, Don't and, even. And they say, no, you can't. No. You cannot, cannot order them that way. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's Comic Vine podcast. Tune in Ooh. next week for another edition. And uh, yeah, if you haven't watched all of our crazy videos from San Diego, please do that. Mm-hmm. We, we really totally appreciate the views. 
And also we've got like over 600 pictures in our cosplay gallery. So that's also on the news page. And ma- mainly, mostly, majority, majority, thanks majority to, thanks of Norm, Norm from Tested. Yeah. Um, also, um, just check out Tested's cosplay gallery too because – there's Norm took like different angles. So if there's a costume you really like, you know, you can see it from a you know different perspective or something like that. So he's mm-hmm. got that. And then I took a few. Yeah. Too. So cool. All right. Bye guys. Later. Bye.